And then, so like they zip tie everybody, they throw our asses to the ground, they take everybody's car keys, they take everybody's phones, they put them all in a bag. And then shit starts to get weird. And like, they want to know what the fuck is in there. They're like, yo, let's get like, where's the, where's the fucking key to the safe? And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, over here. <laughs> like, my face is like on the ground. They're like, who said that? You know, and I'm like, my face is like on the ground, like my cheeks on the floor. I got my hands behind my back. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's on my keys. Hi, it's Ranchuks, and the following is my conversation with John Curry, the author of We Run Bad. It's a fun read. The story is set right after the housing market crash in the US. There are some really good anecdotes from the underground poker scene, some great characters. It's dark, it's funny, and, well, I really enjoyed it. I talked about private poker games in New York and Philly, and John shares quite a few crazy personal anecdotes about those. And of course, we talk about how those games are run, how they're organized, what kind of risks everybody is taking. And, well, you know what? We just went through so many topics. If you want, just check out the description for timestamps. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. Oh, and this episode is marked explicit because of the language, and you've been warned. Enjoy. John such a pleasure to have you here and uh, thanks for having me on really looking forward to this one because uh loved your book loved your first book loving the second book which i'm still reading right now and um, we're going to touch upon those a bit uh, in this conversation but first i just want to ask you how did you get into writing well, I pretty much always wanted to be a writer ever since I was like a teenager and just like really pissed off. So pretty much, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of like anger mm. and um, just sort of like, you know, like a, like a lot of my stories are pretty dark, but they're also, I try to like balance that with humor um, just because, you know, like, I don't know, I guess like as far as influences go, um, I first started reading like Kurt Vonnegut when I was a kid and now I can't stand Kurt Vonnegut actually. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know why I just can't stand his voice anymore. But, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, I wrote a book when I was 20, I finished it when I was like 22, I sent it out. Uh, of course it got, um, rejected as did this one. And as is the new one right now, as we speak, <laughs> being currently being rejected. Um, but the first one was fucking terrible. I mean, it was just like unreadable and I didn't really know that until like I read it, like, you know, until I like got out of my twenties and like read it later. Mm -hmm. Um, but the story, but I do remember the story and the story was actually like pretty good. Like if I were to explain the story, you'd be like, Oh, that sounds like I I could read something like that. It's like kind of catcher in the rye sort of, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like about like teen angst and like growing up in an orphanage and like drinking mouthwash and they they have like this club where they like drink mouthwash in the basement because it's the only thing to drink. And they're growing up in new Orleans and then like his mom's a heroin addict and she fucking dies and all this shit. And, but it's like, you know, the execution of that book was fucking unreadable. I mean, embarrassing. Right. So anyways, that's just kind of the way writing goes everybody thinks they're a genius. So when they uh, sit down to actually write and then you, um, you read it later, you know, very few people like their own, their original writing. And if they do, they're probably extremely delusional or they're just unbelievably talented, which doesn't happen very often. So, um, but I got into it when I was, 
I don't know, like 14. I just started writing like really fucking terrible poetry. And then when I was like 19, I tried to like, you know, write a novel and I finished it when I was like 22, 23. It was bad. And then uh, I ran a literary magazine, uh, which I won't tell you which one it was because my name's on it, my real name. Um, but I did that with a friend who was like my writing buddy, you know, growing up. And uh, we we did a literary magazine for like, we published one for like four years. Um, obviously, you don't really get into literary magazines to like make money. It's just like something to do. And um, through just like reading a lot of other people's writing, I just kind of, you know, I just sort of, developed a little bit of like peer review, I guess, you know, just kind of like mm-hmm. when you read a lot of other people's like up and coming stuff, you'll, you'll find like little pieces. Most of it's God awful. Right. But a lot of, some of it's like, you know, some of it's like surprisingly good and like some other things you'll notice that there's like just a few good parts in it. That's will also surprise you, but you can't really publish those because as a whole piece you know, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. So, and just like growing up, like getting older, you know, I mean, you become more adult and more grounded. Uh, you have less of an inflated sense of self when you're out of your twenties. <laughs> so, uh, all of those things help. Um, and then basically, you know, I had, so as far as writing, so I, in 2008, late 2008, I lost my job. And, uh, I had a friend who got me into game and I started working. So I ran my own in Philly for a number of years. And then the casinos came to town and then Philly was over. And then through some, you know, through some friends and connections, like, uh, I got into one in New York and then I was basically just like working there for a long time. And like New York, and like Philly ended kind of badly. Like I got robbed at gunpoint and I didn't really make a whole lot of money because I had, I paid everybody back who like lost. And then like a year later, the casinos came to town. And when that happens, your game is done. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cause like, why the fuck would you pay? Like, can I swear here? Is that all right? We're all adults. It's like, yeah. a, it'll, it'll allow me my full range of expression. Yeah. I, I think, you know what? <laughs> cause like, I obviously going to have to put, uh, explicit mark on the, okay. on the podcast so <laughs> we won't best. be able to i don't know what it limits us to do i don't <laughs> I, I don't care because i think you know with you if people listen and we don't swear in this conversation it's, it's gonna be they so might get a, a, a different idea about your book <laughs> and some people right. might just you know their their socks gonna fall off when they get, start reading it because it, you know it's uh it's not for the easily offended i think so yeah <laughs> so i we, mean yeah definitely i mean express yourself freely okay um so anyways what were we talking about uh oh so like the res- Session. So yeah, the, the casinos came in town. And like, so why would why would you pay uh, yeah, the, the crazy right. rake? Why? Yeah, why would you pay like an inflated rake? And also, like you know, like God only knows what can happen in there any given night, right? You're not protected. You're not protected from the police. You're not protected from you know anybody who wants to rob the joint. So uh, it's it's just like a. I mean, like the first casino that opened was in Chester. Okay, and I was in Old City, which is kind of like very it's like basically center city but on the east side of philadelphia and um so 
the one that so they opened a casino in this area called Chester, which is like where the state penitentiary is. And it's like literally the casino is like right outside the state penitentiary. You can like see the razor wire from the parking lot. <laughs> okay. So this is not like a great place to go. Furthermore, it's 30, it's like a 30 minute drive to get to, to Chester. Right now, Atlantic city from Philadelphia is only an hour drive. Right. So like, there's not that much difference. Like if you're going to like drive 30 minutes, like, you know, driving an extra 30 minutes, you know, for me anyway, doesn't really seem like, you know, like it should change much, but like mm-hmm. we were pretty much, we, we had our business cut in half, like overnight as soon as Chester opened. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's Harrah's. They already had a casino there, but it was all slots and horses. Um, but, you know, and then like later, um, you know, Sugar House open and parks. And I think they're building a new one actually um, in South Philly near the, uh, near the, um, where the stadiums are. So uh, where were we going with this? I'm trying to think. So, yeah. So basically, um, so I did that and then like I went home uh, to like my hometown because like it was just kind of a mess. Like my girlfriend broke up with me at that point. Um, you know, like I just didn't have anything to do. We were still like deep into the recession at that point. There were no jobs. So like I went home and <clears throat> my dad like got me a job at like the factory he used to work in. And I did that for like 48 hours and I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to New York. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I just I was like, I mean, like I'm, I'm from like a really bad, like, um, like decrepit post-industrial shit town pretty much. And like coming back to that was just like, Oh God, like in the middle of the recession too. So anyways, I had some friends, like I knew a guy who was running, you know, a friend who was running a game there and he was just like, yeah, I just had something open up or I'm going to, cause this guy's pissing me off. He's like one of his dealers. And then I moved to New York and then I slept on a fucking couch for like a year and a half. Cause like the thing about New York is that like, you cannot get an apartment unless you make like the rent standards are 40 X, right? Mm. So you, so if it's two grand, you have to make, so if your apartment's $2,000, you're going to make $80,000 net on paper. Right. Mm. So like, obviously like I don't have a real job. I hadn't had a job in a number of years as I was like running a fucking game. Right. So I have like no, like no like history um, you know, like work history or tax documents that, that like show that I have like any significant amount of money. So like I literally, so my friend, my friend was running this one and like, he just let me like stay there. And I just like slept in the card room for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty like, you know, if you're wondering like where the darkness comes from the novel, I mean, if you're like living in that, those conditions for that long, it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll bring you there, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know, and later things got better. And then, um, so, so basically like the way I kind of look at like New York games is that like, as far as I'm concerned, like in terms of like recent history, there's like three generations to talk about, right? There's like three generations. Like there's the, there's the generation, the first generation I would consider to be like the old school underground games before everybody knew poker, like the this era that like Skolansky talks about, right? Which is like everything that like rounders is based off of. Like mm-hmm. everybody who knows rounders knows there's sort of like some 
like a little bit, I don't want to say inauthenticity to it, but it's like just the, the logistics of like how the games are run and like what people are doing and how they're betting. It's like not real. Right. Mm -hmm. Like by our standards. Right. Just because like we know the rules of like hold them and like these things, but like, you know, and, and, um, the guy's defense, like, I would say like, who actually really knows like what games looked like before 2004, you know, like there might've been all kinds of crazy shit. That's like, that we think is like standards and we're like checking out the story and we're just like, Oh, that's not true. That's not how things actually run. Mm. But back then maybe they did, you know, like who the hell knows it was before like anybody knew anything about poker, you know, like just like when Sklansky talks about like, you know, this, I guess like his era was like the seventies and eighties pretty much. Yeah, so that's I mean, like he's what still, I consider still playing. Well, I mean, she's still played for like a super long time. Has been around those games as well for for a long time. But the the time that he was talking the most in in his book and in the interview that we had was the seventies, eighties. Yeah, and right. all the yeah. all the crap that was going on there with rigged games and um, colluding and whatnot. Right. So I would consider that like the first generation of like New York underground games, like the kind of shit that you see in in rounders. Right. And then the second generation is like 2004 through 2006. That's when like Hold'em started blowing up. Everybody all of a sudden was playing Hold'em in the casinos. Right. Like the Taj was just like a madhouse, like every night. And in New York, they were running they had places like PlayStation. I don't know if you've ever heard of these places, like, but they had PlayStation, they had the diamond club and like these, like some of these places would rent out like three or four stories of a, of an office building. And they would just have like literally like 40 tables. And so that was going on back then when the, you know, the poker craze, everybody started playing on, you know, everybody was playing on poker stars, et cetera, in the U S and then, and then a guy got shot. Right. They, uh, some guys tried to rob a game. The guy got like nervous or freaked out or something. And, um, he accidentally shot, I don't know if it was an accident for sure, but he shot some like citizen, uh, in the belly with a shotgun. Right. And the guy died. So as soon as that happened, it was like, you know, the, the police were all over it. There was like a big, I guess the guy was like, pretty well known he was like a professor or something like that i don't i don't remember exactly the details of his life but um as a result of that they like shut all the games down and they like arrested a bunch of people you know because they had to make a big show of it to show that like you know this was being dealt with and then so like my generation would be the third generation right which is basically like so all of the games after that, there were no like huge like operations. Like you had like places that had like three tables max and like basically a lot of one table games, which is like the one that I was at. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those still. And I would say that based on what I know, I still live in New York. Um, and I would say that based on what I know about you know, like my friends who are still involved and whatnot, that um, this there will be a new generation that will be like the post-COVID generation because the reality is, like, as degen as people are, you know, nobody really wants to, like, sit around, like, a bunch of people shoulder to shoulder, you know, 
like coughing on chips and shit, <laughs> you know, during the COVID. So like, I know a lot of games have like shut down because of that, just because there's no demand. And a lot of people left New York, like a lot of people, especially when during the lockdown. So like there's this freeway or expressway called the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens expressway. And I, um, basically like if you looked at it during the lockdown, like it's, it's always jam packed, right? If you looked at it on the lockdown on any given night, it could be like 10 minutes without a car going through it. It was so oh. weird. So, and a lot of people, like a lot of these rich fucks who live in New York, love you guys. Uh, <laughs> they moved to, uh, they went to the Hamptons. They just fucked off to the Hamptons. You know, there's plenty of space out there. They had like restaurants still going or something. I don't know. And like, so, and just a lot of people just left for good and just kind of like went to their, you know, Poconos vacations home. They went to the Hamptons. They went to like, you know, they went home to New Jersey with their parents and that just like really crippled demand for games. Also just the fact that like, you know, these games are like pretty loosely run as far as like regulations are concerned. So it's not like they're going to like really look out for your health. It's not like they're taking like the operators are like taking, uh, you know, cues from the, uh, the health commissioner <laughs> and going through like the necessary protocols to protect everybody, you know, like from, from getting the COVID. So like, so a lot of games shut down just because there was no demand, they just kind of went out of business, just like a real business would, like a real service-based business would, like a restaurant. And I think that the new generation, which I will not be part of because <laughs> I'm done with this shit, is, um, will be like, you know, the post-COVID generation. So I think that's, that's kind of like a little history of, as far as I know of it, because like I wasn't around for even the second generation, but the way, what I kind of get the, you know, from what I hear from many years of just people talking is that, um, that's kind of how it went down, but I was definitely part of like the third one, which was like the, the noodle one where it's just like all these big games just kind of like broke off into like many different operators and just like people running, like, you know, in apartment buildings and in like little commercial spaces, little like event spaces and whatnot. And that's pretty much just because like you couldn't run a big operation without it getting busted by vice. Um, just because it would just eventually be like, there was just too much, too much traffic, you know, like supposedly in the second generation, I guess like the cops were like kind of in on it, you know? So it wasn't like a big deal and everybody was like making money and nobody really cared. And it was relatively safe until some guy got shot. And then it was like, party's over, you know, mm -hmm. and they couldn't really be involved with it anymore. So. Right. How did you start running your first game in Philly? Um, so Philly, so I lost my job. Right. And like, if you read that story, so like the first story that I wrote, um, for the, the, the new collection that I sent you, mm -hmm. uh, Novus Ordo Seclorum, right. That one was actually part of the original book, but my editor was like, I mean, that's a pretty long story, right? It's like, it's like 30,000 words or something ridiculous like that as for like a short story. And my <clears throat> editor was like, it's like, this is pretty good. He's like, but the thing is, is that like, it's super unbalanced. Like you have this story. It's basically like half of the book is a backstory. Like you can't have that. And then just like the rest of it's like, you know, you go through like four years of like, 
you know, poker stuff <laughs> within like, you know, 20,000 words. It's like, it's, you know, it's it, like the, j- just the amount of time that it takes to read the first part of that doesn't really balance with the rest of the book. So anyways, um, so that first story where he like gets, you know, he has like a job and he gets fired and there's this whole gun incident, which is like, you know, whatever. And then, um, <laughs> that part is actually like pretty true. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure for, obviously people haven't read it yet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of people are probably thinking uh, a gun incident uh, like, and whatever. Excuse me. Wait, 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 wait. Back what? up, back up, buddy. Are what you just going to gloss over about? it? <laughs> Okay, like so the, basically, how you described the whole purchase of the gun and and that whole thing, which is yeah. <laughs> so all right, so I'll 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 just go into like a little backstory about what a fucking idiot I was in my twenties, okay? Um, which you know is reflected in my writing back then. Uh, so basically, um, what happened? So I graduated college. Uh, I studied neuroscience. I got a job at a lab, okay, um, and in this lab, I was just like, you know, it was just like a regular lab job. It was actually like way too much work for what they were paying me, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I was young and, you know, that's how we do in America. We exploit the fuck out of people, uh, especially the young right out of college. Um, so, and basically what happened was I, this was like during the real estate boom and I was like renting an apartment and I had a girlfriend. We were together for a little while and I was like, hmm. I'm wondering if I should buy, I think I should buy a house, right? And so, and this is like when the real estate, everybody's talking about real estate in 2007. Like, Mm -hmm. this is like the height of the bubble, right? So I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do this too. And I'll just buy a shitty house. I'll I'll fix it up while I'm like, because my plan was to work at the lab, right? And then like for like four years, get, get like on a study and then do like a, do a graduate thing, you know, like, um, go to graduate school. And then, so basically I'm in this lab, I buy a house. Uh, the house is like a hundred thousand dollars, right? It's worth like 30. So, and like, if you're in Philly and you buy a house that's actually worth like $30,000, you're not in a good neighborhood. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But like, I didn't fucking know. I'm like 27. I'm just like, Hey, well, I'll just buy any house. Like I can afford this one. Cause I make like $23,000, you know? So like, uh, I go to this like place that my girlfriend knows these two guys who run this fucking like, like told, like they're literally running a mortgage company out of like a shell of a house. Like, I don't know if they're, if they were like trying to flip this later but they, for whatever reason, they're in this like house that does not look like anybody's office, right? Like super unprofessional. Like these guys are like in sweatpants and they have like no equipment except like a fucking printer, right? And like, these are the guys who get me my variable rate mortgage. I don't know what the fuck variable rate was. I was just like, yeah, man, I want the house. Let's go, let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I get the house. I move into this really terrible neighborhood, like pretty fucking dangerous. And like the neighbors decidedly do not like me there because I'm just like some like fucking snot-nosed hipster kid who works at a college, right? Mm. And they're like, who the fuck is this? And then like, so one day they have like a block party, 
right? And I'm like locked down in the house. I can't go anywhere. (laughs) I can't get it. Like if I, if I leave this place, I'm going to get fucking murdered. Right. So like, um, and just in the middle of the party, they start shooting my windows with a BB gun. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, so I call the cops, the cops come and arrest this kid. And then they didn't know it was me who called the cops, which they should have. I mean, they were shooting my fucking windows, right? Um, and then, like, they get a thing in the mail a few days, like, a few weeks later, because I'm just like, I'm suing these fucking people, like, for shooting my fucking windows. Like, I'm not paying for this shit. Like, right. it's like, you know, it's my business model to, like, actually flip this house, right? So they just cost me, like, $1,000 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I, like, take them to civil court, and she gets a fucking notice in the mail, and then, like, all of a sudden, she's like, you motherfucker! You know, like, <laughs> she's she's pissed off, even though, like, she should have known, like, I called the cops on the kid who, like, shot my windows out. And this is her, like, she's, like, the aunt or the mother or whoever the fuck she is, right? And, like, so all of a sudden, she comes over and she's like, she's like, you're fucking dead. Like, we're gonna, like, we're gonna fucking kill you. And I was like, you know, and I'm like, gulp, you know, like, I... <laughs> So, so like, uh, I don't remember if I reported it to the police or not, but I knew that like, they wouldn't really do much anyway. So like I went out and I got a gun, right. To protect myself. And I got a fucking permit to carry a gun. So in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which is like a major American city, right? Like you can walk around with a fucking gun. Like if you get a permit, right. Which is and crazy. It's concealed and carry as well. It's not nice. concealed. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't walk around with it. Like, with like with it out no so like i get this i get this fucking you know permit and i'm like you know i'm like this skinny fucking hips 23 year old hipster kid and i'm like getting on my fixed gear bicycle with a fucking 357 magnum strapped to my ass right and then i go so i go to the lab i unload it every day right i put it in my bag i got my own little office area it's actually a pretty nice place um and then And then, you know, I just, at the end of the day, I, I put it back on and then I ride home. Nothing ended up happening. She was full of shit, but like, I didn't know that, you know, she was like, she had all this like specific information. She was telling me, she's like, my brother's getting out of jail soon. He's going to fucking kill you. I was like, oh fuck. So like, I just didn't want to, I just wanted to be prepared. I had like, no, I wasn't like really afraid of her, but like, you know, I didn't want like somebody just like coming up on me who I didn't know, who I couldn't identify and just like surprising me and like killing me. And I'm like stuck in this house, you know? So <laughs> like, and I'm starting to wonder, I'm just like, hmm, maybe this was kind of a bad idea um, hmm. buying this fucking piece of property at the age of 23 and not knowing a goddamn thing about the real estate market or anything. So, so this is what happens. Uh, the market crashes, right? Um, market crashes. I like get my money out of my 401k. Cause like the university gave me like a match program. So I cashed it all out and I probably like broke even cause like the market went down like half that one day. And I think it was like October 10th or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But, um, so what happens is, and this is just like a coincidence. Like I think like two or three days later, um, you know, like, I think it was like a, I don't remember what day it was, but we all decided to like go out and you don't really back then, at least the law was like, you don't ever want to have a drop of alcohol in your system and have a gun on you Mm -hmm. because if something happens and you need to use it, 
it's not going to look good when they, when they talk string you. Right. right. So, and I guess that's not the case now, like as the recent laws, like it doesn't fucking matter. Like you could be drunk as fuck. <laughs> gun, no big deal. Um, but back then I believe that it, I don't even know if I like looked up the law, but I have a friend who's like really into guns and he like told me that shit. So I was just like, okay, I won't do it. So again, I was a fucking idiot back then. So I probably didn't look it up. So anyways, um, so what happens? Okay. So like three days later, so I leave my gun in my office, right. In my bag. Mm -hmm. And then I come in the next morning and there's two detectives in my office and they're like, does this belong to you, sir? <laughs> I was like, yep. And uh, turns out, like, the janitor in the place at night, like, he said he saw my bag open, but I don't think that was true. I think he was, like, looking around. I think he was, like, snooping around and shit. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, I brought a gun into a fucking, like, university, like, based lab. It's probably not, like, probably wasn't allowed to do that, even though it was legal. You know, they probably have their own bylaws against firearms on campus, which they obviously do. So anyways, I go through this whole process of like, you know, I got to go talk to the fucking administrator. My boss is obviously you're a fucking idiot, bro. Like, what are you doing? Are you fucking serious? Like we're in the middle, <laughs> you know, like the guy who ran the lab. Mm -hmm. um, and then so I go through the whole process of being fired and they're like, look, the economy is really fucked up. We're not going to contest the gun thing. Like just file for unemployment. You'll get unemployment. It's fine. Right. So I do that. And then, uh, yeah. And then like basically, uh, a few weeks later, a friend of mine was just like, so we all used to play poker together, like, like a mm -hmm. 25 cent, 50 cent game. Cause none of us had any money. And he was like, Hey man, maybe we should like, he's, so he's, he's thinking about going to law school. Right. And like all of a sudden, like the economy crashes and like he's gone and he's like, he's got a few dollars saved up. And he's like, he's like, what if we just like, it's like, I'm going to law school and like, I got to quit my job. He's like, maybe to make some extra money. He's like, I'll give you some money to like run a poker game, like a one, two game. Cause they, cause we've been to a few places before. Right. And we knew they made money like whatever. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Cause again, I'm a fucking moron. Like, I don't know anything about like games <laughs> like, I don't know anything about underground card games. I don't know. I don't know anything, like literally nothing. Right. It was just like, but yeah, look, but like we have a home game. So of course I can just run a home game and like charge people for it. Right. Uh, so we do that. Uh, you know, we rent like a loft in old city and then, um, you know, I, I, I find this guy that I play, I play it at this other game and I was, I know he only works there like a little bit. He plays a lot. And I like recruit him. I was like, Hey, do you want to like come work for, for me? Cause like, I don't really know how to deal. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's Harris. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so Harris was like one of my first, you know, friends slash people who was like doing this with me. And then the guy who gave me the money, like he wasn't really involved, right. He just like went to law school and he wanted to like make some extra cash. So he like gave me his money to like, create income, passive income for him while he was in law school. Right. And he just thought like, well, you just got fired for having a gun at the fucking, at your job. So you're probably not, your prospects don't look too good. So maybe I can get you to like run this game for me. Right. So I do. Cause like what else, what the fuck else am I going to do? Right. I mean, I'm getting unemployment, but it's not very much money. So anyways, we do that. And then I realized, Hmm. Now that I've like bought all the shit, I bought all the, the table, the chairs, the fucking 
mini kegerator, right? And I'm like, hmm, where are the players at? <laughs> right? Because right. like, how, like, you know, so we have like, we have these few people that are like our friends and they're playing like, you know, like 25, 50 cent with us. And I'm like, hey, you guys want to come do like a real poker game? You know, and like, of course, none of them did. So what I did was I went out to some other games and I found like other games where like I found this one dude who was running this other game in Philly. And this guy was like a stone cold hustler. Right. He's this um, Korean dude. And like, I mean, he had like he had done like New York City sales jobs and like like cold calling type jobs and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what his story was like completely, but he was like laying low (laughs) in Philadelphia. Okay. So like I go to his game a bunch and like, he's in like this really fucked up neighborhood, like almost worse than the one my house was at, which is, and he's like running a game there. Right. And this is South Philly. So like South Philly, like there's some like Italian type people there, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like, probably not a good idea to like run a game without like in a neighborhood, like a really tight knit neighborhood. But he, and then again, he was kind of like on the outskirts of like where it wasn't so good. So he was probably Mm -hmm. fine. But anyways, so I was like, Hey, listen, you got a real shit box of a fucking operation here. I mean, like you're, you know, but he had players. He somehow convinced people to come all the way to this shit area to like play cards. And like, I knew that he was like, he could do that. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just started playing in his game and I was like, Hey, listen, I was like, showed him some pictures. I was like, I have this place. I was like, why don't we move your operation over here? Because it's actually in like a good area. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And we like partnered up and then like he disappeared. Uh, He just, he didn't really want to work. So um, he went and did his own thing and I never really saw him again after so many years. I just haven't really kept in touch with him, but um Anyways, so basically, you know, like that's how it all started. Like I just jumped in blindly as, as always, uh, didn't do any research. And then like, you know, and then later I found like how to find my own players. And so if anybody out there <laughs> like ever wants to like, you know, run their own home game or whatever, which I don't really recommend that you do, but like the way we used to do it was like the best way to do it. Cause like, these days, the the methods of finding players don't really work anymore. Like I used to use Craigslist a lot back in the mm-hmm. day, and now Craigslist, like you're just going to get raped by some dude, you know, if you if you use Craigslist. <laughs> like it's just that's, not that's, like a thing. That, that's that's what happens. I don't know. I don't. We don't use no, Craigslist I mean, here in Europe. It, 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 I'm just I joking. Think. It's like a. It's like a. Like these days, it's all scams and like people who will like meet up to rob you and shit. It's just like a completely illegitimate way of like finding people so we used to use craigslist a lot and that worked and then so i like slowly built a list and then um and then later like we found out that like facebook ads worked really well but like now you can't do that either so it'd be pretty funny um, to, like, to run a facebook ad for <laughs> somewhat yeah, sketchy I mean, legality of a, of a private mm-hmm. yeah, as long as you have a website they don't really give a shit it's pretty funny um but they do now like you yeah they they cracked down on it but like for years like they didn't nobody was so really what was the it. ad like uh do you want to play poker in a no it was just like or? no it was just like um you would just make like a website you yeah. know like on fucking what was it back then like wordpress mm-hmm. and you just make it look like a professional like 
you know, like kind of like casino looking website. And like, you would just say like one, two in like this neighborhood. Right. And then people would fill out a form and you would like contact them. And then, you know, you would like ask them the necessary questions to like, make sure they're not like crazy or they're law enforcement. And then they would just, for some reason they would show up hoping that there was a poker game and not someone to murder them. Mm -hmm. You know, people's confidence in these sorts of things are just mind boggling. So anyway, um, but these days, I don't know. I honestly don't know how you would do it because uh, like Facebook's been cracking down and Craigslist is no longer a thing. And then, but so like the one way that you can do it is like to get it started. If you don't have like a list of people, right. Is like you get, you hire two dealers and you tell the dealers, you know, you go to like some other game. You don't want to like step on other people's toes. You don't know who's running that game. Right. Mm. Um, you don't want to like just scalp their people, right? But like maybe there's someone who you do know who like was only working part time or something like that or whatever, right? And they're okay with it. Or if you're friends with somebody, you're like chatty with one of them, whatever, whatever your method is. But again, I wouldn't recommend doing any of this shit because it's probably pretty dangerous. Um, but like the one way you could do it is just like, and this is, this also helped me is that I would just hire dealers from other games or who weren't working for other games anymore. Or you put out an ad on Craigslist, right. For like a dealer and you say like, Hey, listen, you're a dealer. Like you have your, like most of them have contact lists. Right. And then you say like, if you want to deal here, you got to bring like at least two people. And then like, if you get two of those guys, you got four people. And then, you know, if you have get four of your own, then you've got, you know, You've got almost a full ring and you can build it that way. And the rest is all just word of mouth. Right. right. So, yeah. So basically like, so yeah, I just got into it because uh, the economy crashed and I was an idiot and um, you know, no prospects and you know, that's pretty much the only reason. <laughs> And, uh, you know, obviously I'd played a lot too. So I was just like, oh yeah, this might be cool. You know, I was like into it, like during like the big, the big boom and I was never any good. Um, and I still am not. So you won't learn much about what's that. I suppose you played in your own game as well, right? Just to fill in the seat. Oh yeah. So here's the thing. So like one thing that's pretty funny about like people who work in games, right? Like, I would say, like, 90% of the people who work in games, none of them make any money because it's boring work. You're there, like, 14 hours a day or whatever it is, like, you know, because if the game goes late, like, on the weekends, you could be there for, like, 24 hours straight hours, right? And then, like, almost everybody works for free. And a lot of the, <laughs> a lot, a lot of the, the ways you get into a game, a lot of people, right, is they go to a game, they play there a lot. They get stuck their balls, they go on the sheet, and then they got no way to pay it back, so they get hired as a dealer. <laughs> right. And that's a lot of the ways, like, you know, so a lot of these, you know, and like I've known like most of the people I worked with like didn't make very much money, mm -hmm. uh, including myself. I had like my stint of that behavior as well, because like I said, I'm no good. And I did this a lot, and like you just there many, many hours, and like it's funny, like you, like you'll be there for like eight hours and you're like holding steady. You're like, all right, made like, you know, 30 bucks an hour or whatever it is. And then, uh, 
And then you're just like hour 12, you're like, all right, fuck it. I'm getting in. Right. <laughs> like if you're flooring the game specifically, obviously if you're dealing, you know, you're just kind of dealing, but like the floor is like a really boring job. And like a lot mm. of people just fucking jump in eventually. They're just like, it's just so boring. And then, you know, like one of the rules of like playing cards is that you probably shouldn't be playing cards because you're bored. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, you know, you're just looking for action at that point. Mm. So, I mean, I know that much at least. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I got into, so after Philly, um, I went home for a minute, like, like literally a minute and, um, left and then, uh, for New York and I worked for some guy that I knew, you know, I just knew a lot of people at that point. Um, mm -hmm. and he hired me and he was like a pretty good friend. And I was like, listen, I got no place to stay. He's like, dude, you can just stay here. He's like, why don't you, he's like, tell you what, I'll let you stay here. Just clean the place, um, for us like every night. Like, so I was like, all right, that's fine. And like, so, cause he like was paying somebody to do that. Right. So he's like, since it's your home, he's like, you'll probably take good care of it. <laughs> and yes. <yeah>, so, <laughs> so, you know, I definitely clean up the bathroom before I went to bed every night. That's for sure. Yeah. So you know what comes to mind? Cause you've, you've mentioned, you know, with getting the people and the way you did it, like through Craigslist and Facebook ads, and it's just a miracle that people show up because, like, uh, mm -hmm. they get their confidence. I remember I had um, we recorded an episode with Henry Kilbane, um, some like half a year ago or something like that, and he told about the story of when he went to uh, um, New York and mm -hmm. got like I don't even remember how it happened, but like I think his landlord, Airbnb landlord. Just basically asking, mm -hmm. what do you do for a living? Oh, I play cards and I'm a poker player. And he said, hey, do you want to you wanna go for a game? Uh, sure. And so he said yes. And then it's just basically he got a phone number that he needed to call. And eventually he had to go wait for a guy in like a bus stop or something. Uh, the guy <laughs> called him, said, you need to walk to like another place. And eventually, you know, they led him to this really beat up looking place with a really scary looking door with a lot of graffiti. Uh, he had to go in there and then it's just like one metal door, another metal door, cameras there. And it's just, super yeah, I think scary. I know the game. Did, did you say when it was, I think I know the game he's talking about actually. Yeah. I think it was like a couple of years ago or something like that. I, I don't remember. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Or like, mm, yeah, maybe uh, not. It must've been a couple, well, maybe like three, three years ago. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can actually ask him. Did you say, where it was like was it in manhattan or brooklyn or uh, do you know what no i don't think we discussed the details because obviously that was uh that was on a podcast so we wouldn't mm. go into the address yeah. and, you know, <laughs> right no i was just curious things, like the neighborhood but, maybe. yeah I, I don't know exactly i uh so I, what's I the uh... but yeah it was it was pretty crazy like the way he described it and to me the question was like okay so listen you you see the first scary door like what makes you take the step and go further Right. And obviously, by the time you're at the third, third or the fourth door, it's like you can't go back. Now you just, you know, you have a point to point to prove you went so far. Might as well follow through. Right. This is ridiculous. Or just how, fear. How mind works. Right. Yeah. Or just like you just like, I don't want to look like a bitch and just like run out of this place. Exactly. It's just like weird. Right. Yeah. It's just like pride and fear, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What do you think drives people to play these games? 
uh, access or limited access. I mean, if you like, especially in New York, like if you're in New York, you know, before, like if you wanted to play cards legally, you'd have to go to, uh, you'd have to go to Atlantic city, I think was still, yeah, that's the, that was the closest place before they opened parks. If you want to go to parks, it's like two hours and 15 minutes to, yeah, about two hours. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to Atlantic city, it's almost, I think it's like three hours and 45 minutes, three, you know, so it's, it's significant. Um, and then, you know, there's really nothing else. And then you just getting out of the city, like most people who live in New York don't have a car. Right. So, uh, just like, you know, if you live in Philly, you probably have a car because the public transit blows. Um, mm. but like, and it's also like an hour too. So like when we ran a game, like our rake was the same as the casinos. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you go to New York, it's like five times, but also the reason is because of the real estate is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much, I think the driving factor, it's just like, you know, you're paying like $8,000 a month for fucking, you know, loft space. It's like, you can't make money unless you charge people like out the ass, like mm -hmm. on, on rake, you know, it's just like everything else, like everything else in the city is expensive, you know? Yeah. But I really do believe it's it's because of the access. Like if if there was a if there was a casino in Times Square, no one would ever play like you know city games. There just wouldn't be any. Just like I said in Philly, right? Like as soon as Chester opened, which is a shithole near a penitentiary, thirty miles away, they I, like half my business was gone overnight. Mm -hmm. Like literally overnight. Like like we had, it was like Friday. Right. And it was just like, all right, we're going to have a game. And like, usually I'd have like two tables on a Friday or sometimes maybe even three. Right. Mm. And then like, all right, I guess we're doing six max tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so it really comes down to just the fact that like nobody, like very few people drive and uh, your nearest casino prior to parks was Atlantic city, which is, um, it's a hike, you know, mm. Yeah, I guess yeah. There would sp still be games because some people just won't go to casino to play on a regular basis, at least. But probably the guys with the ties, those would be gone from your games. That's for sure. Right. So yeah, definitely. So so there, I believe there. I heard that there were still like there's still a game in Chinatown. This is in Philly. There's still still a game in Chinatown. There's still a game in South Philly, and. The reason, the only reason that you would ever have a game, I think, in the city if the casino opened up is that if the action is so fucking sick that, like, you know, you have an incentive. Like, it's like, I don't give a shit if there's 20 tables of two five to choose from. Like, mm -hmm. I know there's, you know, Joey's going to be there and fucking, you know, like, Joe the jeweler or whoever the fuck. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean, just like, just like, like infamous, like, like famous, like whales, you know, like yeah. neighborhood whales. That's the only reason. And like a couple of games did survive because of that. Mm. And like, you know, there's a whole neighborhood thing. They'd rather give their money to, you know, like, you know, they'd rather give their, their money to the uh, people in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then to the, you know, the man. So yeah same thing with like numbers right there's no reason for anybody to ever play numbers right like in the uh 
like when you have a fucking lottery, right? Mm-hmm. You know what numbers are? It's like it's like an old school like uh, you know like mob thing. They used to like run numbers, which is basically like a neighborhood lottery, and they base it off of like the fucking numbers that are in on the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And it's just other ways. Give yeah, you less give money you like than, you, than you would uh, than you'd actually probably. win. Probably, yeah. yeah, probably, and like also, like they have to do it based on like the real lot of numbers because like they could yeah. just make up some number and how do you know they pulled it right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you know, again, like that's that's like an that's a cultural like neighborhood thing. Like I'd rather mm-hmm. give my money to like you know show some you know respect, show some respect to so and so down the street. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. versus like uh just giving your money to the state you know so like again yeah like i just you would have to have like a really really good reason to like keep people in your game um you know like if if the casino ever opens up in town mm-hmm. and i feel like um new york games are going to be done at some point because you know there's a buddy of mine like always tells me, you know, he always keeps me up to date on like what's going on politically. And like, they've been trying to get, um, you know, they've been trying to get a casino in New York forever, but New York is like notoriously slow when it comes to like just new business. Like they were like the last to get like UFC and they're just, you know, there's a lot of red tape when you want to do business in New York. So and, you know, like poker isn't the only underground culture there. There's like underground parties. There's underground bars just because like, you know, it's just so hard to do business there. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So what do you hear about that uh, uh, casino? Is the legislation moving forward? Well, yeah, I mean, like from what I've heard, like obviously everything's changed now. So I heard like, oh, you know, like he's always like telling me like six more months, man, six more months. <laughs> There's always a referendum. And they're always like talking about it. Right. And then, but it's always like, there's contingencies like, Hey, you have to give us a billion dollars for a license. And then like, you know, you have to build a brand new facility and then like meet, and then like, they'll go to referendum again and they'll just be like, Oh, now that now the terms have changed, you don't have, you can just open up an aqueduct. Cause there is a casino in, in New York. It's called aqueduct. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just slots. And it's like, as far as I know, it's the most profitable casino on the planet. Maybe fact check that one. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I hear, it's the most profit, it's the most profitable casino on the planet. You don't have like a Jamie, do you? Like working behind the uh no, like a- <laughs> no, that would be that'd be nice. <laughs> I'm not there yet. No, that would be nice. <laughs> you could pull that shit up for us. Yeah. No, um <laughs> yeah. no, um, so yeah, as far as I know, it's like most profitable casino on the planet because it's all slots and there's a shitload of people in New York and there's a shitload of money. Um, and it's all like electronic table games, but, and they've mm-hmm. talked about like, you know, like they'll just build a wing on that. So like when we were thinking about it, when we were like, you know, curious about it, it was just like, cause a lot of what they were talking about in the past was that they had to build a brand new facility that was like part of the the deal because they need like, you know, this construction jobs and, you know, there's this mm-hmm. whole lot of money that goes to the city with like building a new structure. Right. And then I heard, I heard like later that, that like maybe that wasn't going to be the case and they were going to like, just let um, aqueduct take the business. And then I heard like two companies were going to like do half a billion each or something like that for, and they were going to like, I forget which companies it was. 
So I won't say which companies it was <laughs> or guess, um, but he's saying like two of them were going to get together and like put a half a billion each into for putting up the, the license. Uh, like I said, you know, New York's mm. tough to do business with. You got to have a fucking billion dollars just to get a casino, right? Yeah. Um, just to get the laws going. And then you got to like maybe build a billion dollar facility. <laughs> like, so, um, but anyways, the last I talked to him about that was like pre COVID. So now who the fuck knows what's going on? You know, mm. like God only knows like how many, like, like as far as like what's on the table, there's probably like way more important shit on the table that they need to, that they need to sort out before they even like touch it again. Plus mm. like, who wants to take the risk of like building a casino right now? Right. It's like, you don't know like when you can even be open for business. Cause like New York is shut down, mm -hmm. right? Like no restaurants, no, you know, like all, like New York is all nightlife, you know? And it's like, it, there's nothing, there's no like concerts, you know, there's no clubs, no bars, the restaurants are doing like fucking Uber eats, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you're not, I mean, I wouldn't take that, that risk. But the, the city might need money, too, at the same time, like, after all this. Yeah. So they might be more inclined to just, like, you know, to, to jam it through yeah, uh, legislation. Yeah. It could go either way, you know. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. I really don't know what the hell's going on um, politically in New York other than it's a fucking disaster. So I doubt anything will get done anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And I doubt the casinos, if they're smart, they would, like, just take the risk of just, like, opening an entertainment-based business. <laughs> during the, until all this is sorted out especially paying like several billion dollars for it you know yeah 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 what were some of the crazy things that happened while you were running the games uh i got robbed at gunpoint that was pretty fun um and like it was totally my fault because like i didn't have like proper security and like i just started blowing up like I ran like a, you know, like we, we ran like a really nice joint. Like most of the places that you play, especially like in Philly, were just like these really ragtag shitty places that were like double raking and like there was nothing there. It was just like some guy's basement apartment, you know, and like we, we tried to make it nice. We had like, you know, really nice equipment, um, you know, bar, pool table. Like it was just kind of like a man cave, you know, mm -hmm. and um and it was in like a commercial space. So it was like, you know, it was like, I tried to be like as professional as possible about it and treat it like a real business, especially because mm -hmm. like one of my friends like gave me the money for it. I didn't want to like let him down, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, this just, so <laughs> I started getting like, it, so everybody started talking about the game, you know, just like, Oh, you should go here. It's like, it's just like nicer. It's in a better location. You know, a lot of these places were out in like city line Avenue, which is like way the fuck out in like the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had like, I even had like a, like a deal with a guy who ran like a body shop next door and like for, you know, like, um, like an auto body shop. And I like paid him for parking. So people could like park there at night mm. and stuff. So, you know, I was like, this is like customer minded, you know, about the thing, just like took it seriously, like a real business. And then, um, but I didn't take the security factor into a real business. It's like, hey, I live in a pretty violent city uh, during a recession. Maybe I should do something about the door. And I didn't. And like, like I went out for a drink with a friend and then we came back. And then um, 
like my, like one of my guys uh, opens the door and like the guy's like, yo, Mike sent us. <laughs> He's like, all right, good enough. <laughs> Let's send three dudes. Right. Yeah. And like, there's no seats. It's like busy. It's like a Friday. Actually, it was Black Friday. It was like, um, you know, that in America, it's like uh, where everybody buys shit after yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So it was Black Friday. Um, everybody's trying to get unstuck from the Christmas shopping, you know, and like it's like like literally my busiest night. Like I didn't really have time to react. Like everybody just word got around fast and like they wanted to play at my place now. Mm-hmm. So. So. Uh, <clears throat> so like. I'm like drinking like, you know, I'm like at the bar, like I just went to a a bar with a friend of mine. We get back and like these three guys come in and one of them, there's no seats. So like they're standing around, which is fine. Like one guy's in the front, one guy's in the middle and one guy's in the back with me. Right. And he like interrupts me and he's like, Hey man, you want to play some chess? And I'm like, I'm like, whatever. Like, but I'm just like, yeah, it's a customer. Like I'll, you know, he's bored. He's waiting for a seat, whatever. And like, I noticed like while he's playing chess with me, he's not like really playing chess. Like he's like looking around, right? And I'm like kind of tight already. I'm like pretty drunk. So I don't, I'm not really like, it's not really like raising any red flags to me or anything like that. But like, he's kind of like awkward and he's like not even really playing chess. And I'm not like a great chess player, but the shit this guy's doing doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Mm. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, his boy, like, yells something to him, and, like, like I stand up. <laughs> I don't know why I stood up, but I stand up with him, and he puts a gun in my face, and I'm just like, hello. So, and then, like, the thing that freaked me out about it was that the gun he had was, like, this, like, it lo- did not look like a gun that you choose as a professional, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it looked like this beat-up, old dirty hairy looking fucking thing that was like a like a long barreled like 45 revolver just like you know with like you know what i'm talking about like the the dirty hairy gun is like a it's like a 12 inch barrel or some shit like that and he's got a revolver in my face it's like something you use to like hunt bears i'm like what the fuck and then so like they zip tie everybody they throw our asses to the ground they take everybody's car keys they take everybody's phones they put them all in a bag and then shit starts to get weird because I have this like in the back of the of the um, like in the office, there's like this mm-hmm. giant metal safe, but it's built into the masonry. It's part of like the uh, just part of the structure. I didn't put it in or anything like that. Right. But I had like the jackpot money back there, like the high hand money, mm-hmm. which was like 400 bucks. I don't know why I kept it in there. It was just kind of like fun to put stuff in there because it was like this giant metal fucking like you know like literally like a door like a four foot door with a latch that bolted right into the masonry and there's like a giant padlock on it totally don't need it right (laughs) and like they want to know what the fuck is in there they're like yo let's get like where's the where's the fucking key to the safe and i'm just like i'm like yeah over here (laughs) my face is like on the ground like who said that you know, and I'm like, my face is like on the ground, like my cheeks on the floor. I got my hands behind my back. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's on my keys. Cause I'm just like, just take the fucking money, man. It's like fucking $400. I don't give a shit, you know? And like, they're re- they really want to know what's in there. Cause it looks like something's being protected. Right. Right. Cause it's a giant safe. And like, so, uh, 
So they've already put everybody's fucking keys into the bag, though. Like, it's just, there's like 30 pairs of keys, right? So he's like, he's like, is this the one? Is this the one? I'm like, no, 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 right? Uh, And then, (laughs) so, so eventually, um, they don't find it. I don't know where the fuck they put my keys. Like, he's just like nervously going through all of them. Like, I don't know. Like, he's not, he doesn't have a system. He's just like picking some up putting them back in the same bag. It's like, you might want to use like a process of elimination so that we can figure this shit out. Right. And then like, I'm, I'm like looking at it with like my head craned upward while my like torso is like flat down on the ground. Right. Mm. And I'm just like, no, that's not it. That's not it. He's like, quit fucking with me. And I'm just like, I'm not dude. You know, the keys. I was like, where are my keys? You took my keys. He's like, shut the fuck up. And then they like take the waitress in the back and they're like, open the fucking safe. And I'm like, oh shit, shit's getting out of hand. I was like, dude, there's nothing in the safe. He's like, bullshit. You know, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's like, I'm, I'm going to lose my fucking life here over 400 yeah. fucking dollars, you know, after they took like 10 grand out of the place. Mm. And like, eventually they were just like, all right, fuck it. And I was like, oh, thank God. And they leave. And mm-hmm. like, and then I get up and I'm like, hello, everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, it's kind of embarrassing to say mm. the least. And but I uh, I told everyone immediately I was like just like I'm sorry everyone like I'm I'll pay you all back and I did mm-hmm. and everybody got the money back and uh, of course that means I didn't make any fucking money because I just started to blow up and then um, so we got back into it people like eventually like the the fact that we gave everyone's money back they like came back they started to come back I mm-hmm. told them like hey we increased the security I I went like fucking overboard. I got like a security guy. I got double doors. I got cameras on the outside. I created a security bay where like Mm -hmm. you come in to a set of doors and then like the guy pats you down. And then like he like gives a thumbs up to like the guy outside the booth. And then that guy lets everyone like lets the both of them in. Mm -hmm. I had like a, you know, and like all I probably had to do is just put a fucking you know, camera on the outside and just like have some sort of screening for letting people in, not like, Hey, I know Mike. Right. Like that would have, uh, <laughs> like that would have fixed probably 80% of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like I, but I just was like, but I had to like create, I had to reestablish confidence in the players who were there. Mm-hmm. And obviously everybody heard about it. Right. Yeah. Um, cause that's the way they heard about me in the first place was uh, they all, they all talk about it. And then, mm-hmm. um, so like I had to like rebuild again, you know, the game and then, uh, and then Chester's open. And then, so I didn't really make much of anything. I just, I put a lot of money back into the game, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like a, it was just like a learning experience, like a fucking disaster, basically just like every first business is for like a lot of people i guess but i was also really young and really fucking stupid and naive and you know just didn't understand like basic shit like security like if you're gonna have a fucking underground card game in middle of philadelphia you should probably have some kind of security i mean there was like the front door was glass like it was ridiculous but they didn't even need to break the glass because we just fucking let them in you know it was like whatever (laughs) so um yeah so that's one story trying to think of uh yeah it's pretty crazy how many of the people actually got back into the game after after that uh all that happened i'd say like 80 percent of them all right yeah 
I mean, I paid everybody back and like, I kind of did that thing that like the department stores do. I'm like, here's store credit. We can pay you in store credit, you know? And they're just like came back and played. Yeah. And, um, it's like, you're going to lose it anyways. So, (laughs) so I would like make people like come to the game at least to like pick it up. Right. And then like a lot of them would stay. So, but I was like, you know, I'm like a pretty nice dude. Like I'm not some like, you know, hardcore criminals so like a lot of them like respected the fact that i was like at least trying to like make a you know a nice experience for everyone (laughs) but uh and those guys who were robbing like how scary was it what was your experience actually going through dude i mean like i was just shocked at first and then Mm. when they started flipping out about the safe i was like i'm dead i'm like i'm gonna fucking die here and so is everybody else Cause like, if they're going to kill like one person, they're going to kill everybody. Right. You can't just leave like 20 witnesses, but I think like they might've done it. I mean, these guys were fucking crazy. Right. Like, um, and they were like desperate. So they didn't give a fuck, you know, like they had nothing to lose. And like, I think they just kind of like did a count real quick. They were just like, well, if I kill this guy, I'm going to have to kill everyone. And there's 35 people who, yeah, it's not going to work out. Yeah, we only have 20 <laughs> bullets, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> going to have to re- And then I'm one guy's got to- a fucking revolver, so it's not that hard to reload. Yeah. Well, it takes a while, though. Imagine shooting uh, shooting 30 people with a revolver. A <laughs> fucking horror <laughs> movie scene. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. one by one like and, in, and one, you're like the, you're like the you're the two. poor bastard who's like who's last so you gotta <laughs> like, like go through it all like, <laughs> oh man that would be fucking horrible though yeah i mean i was like really at first i was just like it was just kind of like an adrenaline shock i wasn't really thinking about anything i was just like oh this sucks oh my god this yeah. sucks Ugh. you know and then like once they started freaking out I was like starting to like, like let it unfold. I'm like, these guys are not getting out of here. And like, I can't help them because the one guy's like freaking out. He's like just going through the keys willy nilly. Like he doesn't fucking like has a, have a system for sh- And like, I don't like, I mean, I was, it was like five minutes and they, they also took mm-hmm. the waitress in there and they were like doing shit to her. They weren't like raping or anything like that, but they were like, they were like, they're like, get the safe open. She's like, I don't know what's going on. Eh? <laughs> So right. they thought she, maybe she knew where like the key, like I was like I was fucking with him, and that maybe she knew where the keys were because mm-hmm. they couldn't really tell who like the floor was, and they were like using her to like um, get people's you know shit out of their pockets and stuff like that. It was it was weird. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and and in New York, so in New but York, you don't really have to worry about staying back on that one before before got to, okay, to New York. Sure, yeah, it, yeah. At least it's 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 good, sort of reassuring to know that you know if the guys start their thing with like okay we're gonna take all the phones away we're gonna take all the keys away we're gonna zip tie everybody face on the floor at least it gives you a semblance of they they know a bit about what they're doing yeah no i mean they were definitely like professional at first they were like calm too which is really weird which is like they were saying like all this more reassuring right because it's the is the crazy who's just gonna run through the door no that's the one where you know you're dead yeah, so that's the one that, like, I, I heard, like, I've heard so many fucking stories from, like, the guy who was shot in New York. But, like, one of the stories that keeps popping up is that the guys were, like, really nervous. They were all cranked up. Mm-hmm. And the guy just was, like, he was just spazzing. And he, I think he dropped the shotgun. I don't oh, know. Shit. Like, so this, yeah, and, like, and like it shot someone in the belly. So, like, but I don't know. I don't, I wasn't there. 
But it's funny. I can guarantee if you go to a poker game in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Like 90% of the people there were at that, were at that thing. But when I say that, I don't actually mean they were. They're just full of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I was there. I was, I was sitting right next to the guy. Like, there's always, like, like yeah. you know, like half the fucking table, at least, as a story about that night, even though, like, nobody was there. Right. So, yeah, I interrupted you when you wanted to talk about the New York. Something happened in oh. New York, you said. Uh, what happened in New York? That's a good question. Um going with that what did i say just like things that happened there no it was like oh. so we were talking about getting robbed there at the gun no yeah yeah, yeah. I, know, I know where you're going okay so like new york like the things you have to worry about in new york is not really people robbing you is because the, the cops in philly do not give a shit that you're running a game and i have mm-hmm. kind of a funny story about that too um which i can prelude here very quickly um so the first my first problem with my with my game in philly was um i went to go out to get like a you know sandwich on during the game right Mm -hmm. and i had like my bedroom was in the back right because this was like a big loft space so i just lived there Mm -hmm. and um so i had my gun (laughs) you know the original gun that i had that gave me some problems right (laughs) in the past yeah Uh, it was hidden yeah, the lucky gun, exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I had my gun in my room. I mean, I, I think it was hidden. Like I hid it like, you know, like in the nightstand or near the nightstand somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I go out and I go, hey, you know, Harris, keep an eye on my shit, you know, just make sure nobody goes back there. And he's like, okay. And like, it's the wrong person to ask to like watch anything. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) so I go out, I get my sub and then I come, like we finish the game, you know, um, come back in and then like, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And like, you know, when you have a gun, the gun is always on your mind. And I'm just like, dude, where's my gun? (laughs) You know, I'm just like, what the fuck? Where's my gun? Oh my God, where the fuck is my gun? You know, and I'm like tearing apart my room trying to find my gun. And someone fucking stole it. Oh, wow. So, right, I have this dilemma. How do I, I have a gun that was stolen. And the, the, the problem with that is that if you don't report it stolen, it's using a crime, you can be charged for the same crime to a degree, right? Um, You have to report a stolen gun. So I call up my friend and I'm like, dude, I I lost my gun, somebody stole it. And he goes, he goes, you know what? I have a cop friend I can ask about this, right? Mm -hmm. But the cop friend turns out had just joined the force like three months ago, right? Right. So (laughs) So he doesn't know shit. Right. So he calls up his friend and is and like, he gets back to me. He's like, Hey, all right, listen, my friend said, he's like, he's like, just say, um, like somebody stole it. Like, just make up some shit. Like somebody stole it. Don't, don't use the card room. Just like, you know, you have the house. So just say someone stole it from your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. Right. So like, I, I go to, um, I go back to the house, which I haven't been in in months because I'm like living at the poker room on the other side of town, right? 
And because um, it was actually like a way better place to live. I live in like the fucking ghetto, like in, in you know, my house and then like my apartments in like center city. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like a way better place to live, even though it's in the card room. There's just so much space, too. It was like a huge loft. Anyways, um, so I go, I go to the house. And I'm just like making up this fucking story. I'm just like, okay, well, I got to tell the cop this. I got to tell him this. I got to stick to this story. And it's like, you know, this is, this is like something out of a movie where just like some idiot has a plan, you know, and you're just watching it all go wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that movie. Um, what's that movie called? Uh, with uh, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's uh, before the devil knows you're dead. They're like trying to like rob their parents' jewelry uh-huh. store for the insurance money without letting them know. It's like that. I mean, it's obviously, you know, they get murdered in that movie, so it's not that bad. But it's like the same kind of shit. It's just like this guy has a really stupid plan. It's not going to work when, when it plays out, right? So, like, I call the cops, call 911. I go, yeah, somebody stole my gun from my house. And they're like, okay, we'll send somebody out. And this cop shows up, and he's really cool. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I had my, I had my gun on the table. I'm like breathing heavily. I'm just like obviously lying. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like breathing heavily. I'm just like, so, so like I had my gun on the table and uh, some guys like, I, I, uh, I forgot about it. I went to Home Depot because I'm obviously fixing up this house, even though it's obvious that I have no incentive to do so because the real estate market crashed. And, um, and uh, you know, like, I came back and it's gone. And I, I, I thought I locked the screen door, but I, I don't think I did. And now it's gone. And he goes, he just looks at me. He's like, all right, man, it's, it's all good. You know, it's like, we'll just, we'll just, just get in the car. <laughs> just, just get in the car and we'll, we'll go down to the station and uh, we'll just take a report. You know, just calm down. Everything's fine. I'm like, all right. Then I'm, I'm like starting to feel okay. But then he like puts me in the back. Right. All right. And I'm like in the back and I'm just like, yeah, this is, Never been, never been back here before. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to, um, uh, so we go to the station and this is the West Philly station. This is not a place you want to be. Like, this is like a, this is like a station. That's just like, it looks like a fucking bomb shelter. Like that has like no resources. It's all fucked up. It's like not the one they're trying to like, let everybody see what, how nice and clean a Philadelphia police station is like the one downtown, right? This is like the West Philly precinct, right? Mm-hmm. So I go there and like, I'm talking to this detective and they just sit me down and like, and he's just like, wait, 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 wait. And I'm just like, uh, fuck. Like, I just know I'm fucked. So I just try to right. stick to my story for like 10 seconds. Right. And he's just like, he's like, follow me. And he's like, it's like, give me your belt and your shoelaces. And they lock me in a fucking like individual cell. Right. And there's like, there's writing all over the walls. Like, fuck these pigs and shit like that. I'm just like, like the people who they put in this, in this cell, like, don't give a fuck. Like they, mm. like, there's been some wild animals in this cell. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just like, oh my God. And then like, they have like three people come in and interrogate me. They have like, they send in like this, this like, um, this lady and like she's just like tearing me apart she's just like she's like you're going to jail for this you're lying to us and all this shit i was just like oh fuck and they were and like and then like they send in the good cop you know and like this is just like a classic they were just like this 
idiot fucking scared white boy. We'll just use the basic shit on this kid because he doesn't know shit. Like he doesn't like he hasn't even been arrested and he's about to crack. Right. And like, sure enough, <laughs> dude, I mean, it's like so embarrassing. They're probably right? having a lot of fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, in a way they are, but like gun violence in Philly was actually, I think at, at that point taken very seriously just right. because it was getting so out of hand, out of hand. And like, the guy who like threw me in the cell, like looked like he was really pissed off. He didn't even actually talk to me. They, they sent like a couple of other people in. Mm-hmm. So like the good cop comes in, he's just like, and so I told him, this real story. I was like, listen, all right, just I'll, I'll level with you. It's like, this is what really happened. My gun was stolen, but I don't know by who, but I think it was this little shit named Corey. <laughs> Cause this kid was just like the shadiest kid there. Mm-hmm. And I just gave him their number. I just gave him, um, his number. And they're like, why didn't you just tell us that in the first place? I was like, I was like, well, and, I, and at this point I'm like, I feel like I'm already fucked. Like I'm going to jail. So mm-hmm. I might as well just tell them everything, which is like the opposite of what you're supposed to fucking do. And I was just like, Oh, I run a poker game at the place that it was stolen. And the guy just goes, so I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, well, it's kind of like an illegal underground poker game and he just looks at me and he's like dude he's like we don't give a fuck about that he's like why the was like like you could have just told us that and t- taken us to the place and anyways long story short i was just like really you guys don't give a shit They're like no just tell us who stole your gun or you would think you stole your gun and they and then they yeah. put me in the real precinct like the downtown one they had to mm-hmm. hit me over there because it was in their jurisdiction and then um and then but they were still kind of pissed off at me that i lied and then they were just like, and then I, so I go down to the, uh, like the, like the set, the clean center city precinct. And they're just like, like, yo, you need to book this kid for wrongful blah, blah, blah. And then they're just like, like the Sergeant just looks at the guy. He's like this big, like fat white guy with a mustache. He's just like, what? It's a fucking gun. It's a fucking stolen gun. When nobody gives a shit. <laughs> so you just let it go. Oh, man. And then uh, like, I told them like, you know, like everything, like at this point, I'm like, I'm not lying again. I got burned on that one. Holy shit. You know, cause this fucking cop told me to do that. Even though like, and my friend felt really bad because I told him the whole story and he was like, fuck man, I feel so bad. I'm like, it's all right, dude. I was like, what the fuck else was I going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have a plan of my own. It was good enough. Yeah. So that's another story from Philly. Um, yeah. And then the, you know, someone else has got the fucking lucky gun. So fuck it problem solved well i guess your problem is also solved because you know you have no more gun stories i don't think you have any good gun stories (laughs) every time no i mean i think they're pretty i think they're pretty fucking good no they're they're good stories but they're not (laughs) like the happy stories right (laughs) yeah yeah you don't have the happy gun stories yeah and i'm not like a i'm not like a big political guy like i don't give a shit about you know guns or not but it's like uh yeah, it just so happens in that context, it didn't work out so well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so New York. So New York, you don't really have to worry about people robbing you because that doesn't happen very often because, A, the games are small. The smaller, there's usually, like, a lot of one-table operations. They do get robbed, but, like, as far as many games there are or there were in New York during this, you know, um, third generation that I was talking about, just like how many, I mean, it's gotta be like a hundred games in the city at least. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's 9 million people there. And then, um, <clears throat> but you don't have to worry about 
people robbing you so much, you have to worry about the cops. And they have their own squad called Vice, which mm-hmm. if you get raided, you're getting raided by Vice. They do they do uh, prostitution and gambling and a number of other, I think like, you know, illegal cigarette sales or something like that. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, so... I was never arrested in New York, but like pretty much everybody I worked with was. Um, and the game that I was at got raided twice, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was just lucky enough on both of those nights. One time I was like out at a dinner theater, like one of those places where they like, you know, you like get drunk and eat hot dogs and shit at the, uh, at, at like while you're, while you're uh, watching the movies, like out in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the hipster whiskey, uh, you know, like theater. And uh, it happened like while I was like, you know, out with my girlfriend, like watching a movie. And then um, and the other time, yeah, I was just, uh, so the other time the guy who I was uh, working for, he had two games actually. He had like different operations. He had like a, a West side one and an East side one mm-hmm. because he, because like the rumor was that like, if you run a two table operation, like they're going to pop you mm-hmm. because it's just too big. And then, but if you have like just one table, like the one table ones, as far as we knew, like hardly ever got popped. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would just, he had like two apartments. So like, like half the week they were, he was on, we were on one side of the city and then the other half we, we were, and it worked good because like, you know, there were like people who lived on different sides of the city and for whatever reason, uh, fucking New Yorkers hate going across town. I don't know why that is. I guess it's like hard because the avenues, like, you know, going North and South, like the avenues are wider. So when you have to go across, there's only like, you know, it's only like one lane. So it's like, it's easy to get jammed up. Mm-hmm. So it was nice that like, you know, people who lived on, you know, either side would just like pick their night and then they would just like play. But anyways, um, yeah, I was actually like cleaning that room because it was my bedroom. (laughs) At the time it was my night off. And then like, you know, the guy told me, he's like, hey, you're uh, laid off for a while. I was like, all right. But uh, yeah, so like I never went to, so that part in the book about like central booking, I actually just asked my, you know, my friends who I worked with, like what happened and like, what was it like? And then the other part, like, so like when I describe it in the book was actually from their accounts and also from reading the Yelp reviews of central booking, which are hilarious. Really? Yeah. It's just like, they're so funny. Like, it's just like. That's a funny place to do your yeah. research. Like, why not? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> let's let's book. Like, Jesus Christ reviews. So tell me about them. Yeah. There must be some gems there. Yes. Yeah, so some just some of the like the people are really funny on and you just check it out. It's just like you know grilled uh, cheese sandwich compliments of the house. <laughs> but it just describes like how you get from like point A to to like arraignment pretty much. You know? Right. And like it just describes the whole process of like the bullpen and all that shit. But I, I never I never went myself. So <clears throat> but I've had my I've paid my dues in other ways. Yeah, and the um the gun thing, like like I was never charged with anything. They just let mm-hmm. me go. They were just like, all right, this is the guy, right? I'm like, I'm gonna this is who you think did it. I was like, look up, dude, I'll give you 
every fucking number on my phone. If I'll give you the names of everybody who was there. Like, I don't give a yeah. shit. Just like, you know, just like, let me go. And I don't know how they, I mean, I guess it was resolved because they never contacted me again about that. Mm. But, um, yeah. So in, in, in New York, in Philly, you got to worry about getting robbed in Philly. You got to worry about, you know, the cops. And that's true of just being a citizen. I mean, you can get arrested for anything in New York. Like everything is illegal in New York. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's like, you know, not having a fucking bell on your bike, you know, you can get like pulled over. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. But, um, All right. I noted that you've mentioned um, double raking when you were talking about the games, you know, that you're, you were running your game uh, with the customer mm-hmm. in mind. And obviously some games do all sorts of shit. Can you talk a bit about that? And like, what are sure. some of the things that other games do? To Okay, so like, I yeah. never, I never double raked my game. Uh, like, if I did, and I found we found out like somebody did it, we either fired them or told them not to do it again. Mm. Just because it's like, you know, it's like such a, if someone asks, here's the thing, as a player, if you ever go into a game, okay, don't ask what the rake is because you just look like an asshole and like, you also look like a nit and they're not going to want you there. Mm. Right. So like, if you want to be invited back, don't be like, excuse me, sir, what's the rake in this game? Like where everyone can hear you like the same, don't talk about the rake. Don't mention it. Don't fucking ask the floor what it is. If you need to ask, like ask the guy who you contacted on the phone about the mm. rake. If you want to be invited back, if you just want to be a fucking moron, go ahead. You know, if you want to be like a total douchebag who just wants to show it. Like, you know, those like there's those fucking players who just want to show everyone how intelligent they are about poker, like how fucking hit like wise to the, you know what I mean? They're like, try, I, I, I don't know what the... I never figured out what the, uh, I'm sure you, you've talked about it before. Like there's, but there's always some, there's always some guy at the table. I'm sure there's a name for him. Who's just like always talking about like odds and shit. You know, he's just like, he's the most knowledgeable fucking player and he wants everybody to know it. I don't know why the fuck you would want everybody to know that unless you're, you do know the things and you just can't execute them and you want respect. Like you want, you want to be able to bluff more. I don't know. But there's the same kind of person, like who will just like like some total like you know Wall Street quant douchebag will just show up and be like, "Excuse me, um, before I sit down and play, how much is the rake?" <laughs> you know, like not even being subtle about it, and like everybody can hear his ass, and just like now it's like, well, now, now, now you you've really pissed them off because like not only did you ask, but like you've like everybody fucking heard you so like now the whole operation is exposed to now everybody's like looking at it you know so Mm -hmm. like if you ever want to play in a game and like be and come back like don't talk about it just look at it and then figure it out for yourself you know Mm -hmm. because the thing is it's like most places i don't know about most eh, i would say probably most places like they're gonna double rake anyway so it doesn't matter what the fuck they tell you right just look at it yeah. And that's how you know what the rake is. <laughs> yeah. And if someone double rakes, don't like call them out on it because that's that could get you probably in trouble, like with some people, you know. Yeah. It's like you just blow up their whole operation. You just told all their customers who they were like who were perfectly fine getting ripped off before that mm-hmm. someone was double raking and then like 
now they now they're going to bust the ball like the guys you know the guys balls who runs the game and like obviously that's not going to be you know nobody wants that but the whole point is like look if the rake's too high for you just get up and leave you know like don't say shit about it mm-hmm. it's not going to be good for anybody <laughs> particularly yeah. you um but anyways like uh, what was the question? how does like, the double um, rake uh can you describe that because like a lot of my audience probably never played in a private game before so yeah, they're so not like, familiar all, with all, the term all they do is like obviously you don't double rake every pot right like that's just stupid um what you do is like you put out the max rake on the fucking tray right of the dealer and then like when there's a lot of action let's say by the turn like there's two people are all in and you dropped it once you just fucking drop it again mm. easy right like the hand is like the like there's so much there's so many chips in the pot that like nobody notices because they're all fixated on the action they're looking somewhere yeah. else that's it that's all there is to it you don't double rake twenty dollar pots right you double rake fucking five hundred dollar pots mm. like in a one two game for instance yeah what are some really, of I mean, the it, other things not, that- it's, it's not a magic trick, you know. It's just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most people don't pay attention. I mean, yeah, you know, I've been in games where, you know, watching the rake is probably the least of your problems because there's so seriously, many and most people don't care. Like most people mm-hmm. are not winners. Most people are not like there to like try to beat the rake. Like they're there for action, you know. I mean, that's yeah. why people like people like you play poker because there's tons of those people who don't give a fuck. And so, like, you know, you shouldn't be like. You shouldn't, even if the rake is like not as dishonest, like don't, you know, don't ruin that guy's time. Mm. <laughs> He's stuck like uh, six buy-ins. He's got enough on his plate, you know, you don't have to fucking like bust his balls, you know. Yeah. Well, one thing also like with the, um, you know, say complaining about the rake and such, mm-hmm. like I always yeah. wonder what did they actually expect going to happen? Like, well, you're going to say, hey, you know what? The rake's too high and you just double rake. And what? The the guy's supposed to say, oh, oh, we're sorry. We, we didn't know yet. Like, yeah. And what exactly? Like, to be what, honest, what do you expect? Yeah. To be honest, like, you know, I've only seen this happen in New York, you mm-hmm. know, just like, so, so there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it in other places that I, outside oh, yeah. of the States. I've seen it. I've seen it place. But then again, like double raking was the least of the problems of that game. That yeah. game also had uh, that. That game had a dealer who had really quick hands. Let's put it this way. I mean, the guy, mm. fucking magician. Wow, and Ricky J. All sorts of. <laughs> no, it was just a local, local genius. Um, yeah. Outside of the states, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the collusion and whatnot. I mean, all these games, you know, it's like. So here's the thing. So to that end, right, I would have to say that, like, of all the games, and I've heard so many fucking stories from so many fucking people about cheating, and the game is here, and what's what's the favorite word? Rigged. It's fucking rigged, right? (laughs) It's not fucking rigged, man. Like, these guys are, you know, like, they're smoking pot on their, like, down breaks, you know? Like, they don't. They, like nobody is there like ripping you off in a one three game you know yeah. like yeah. like they're not pulling cards out of their fucking sleeves like for 
for your $200, like mm. just get over yourself, you know, like your money, yeah. your money doesn't mean shit, you know? So like, I, I've heard of some things happening in like bigger, like really big games where like some crazy shit we're talking like, but I, I can't even confirm them. You know, it's mm. like, I feel like they're mostly full of shit, but the higher you go in stakes, obviously the bigger incentive there is to pull yeah. like players yeah. buy-ins off the table. Like, you know, you make enough money, you know, like, what are you going to do? You're going to steal some guys $200 in fucking chips, like, at a 1-3 game. So if you don't want to be cheated, I would just say, like, play, like, the lower stakes and you'll be fine. Like, even up to, like, 5-5. Five, five, like, there's just no incentive to, like, like, make, like, what? You're going to find, like, the best card cheat on the fucking planet to, like, steal some guy's $1,000? Like, just rake yeah. the game. You'll make $1,000. Like, whatever. <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's that's a very good it's point, like, and and it's it's like true. Most no... of the games are just are just clean because it's just too much trouble for not yeah. so much. Uh, it also and takes it's not like even an enormous, easy, right? right? Yeah, it's, it takes an enormous amount of talent to be a card mm. cheat. Like it's not like something you can just do. Like right. I mean, Ricky J, you know, Ricky J is right. He's like the the magician guy who did all the card tricks, and like I think he's dead now, but he's like, um, you know, he he claims to have like. He doesn't actually claim anything, but he's the way he says it is just like, yeah, you obviously used to cheat at cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like to like just to like do shit where you're like pulling like the shit worm did in fucking rounders, right? Yeah. That yeah. stuff, like, you know, you literally have to go to like prison. So you have like 12 hours a day to just practice shit like that. Yeah. Like you're not going to do it like for, you know, like a fucking one, three or five, five games. Just mm. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it's so, also like, not, not, that's not how it's done anyway, because, you know, that's the misconception a lot of people have of, um, oh, if the game is rigged, that means like it's rigged every hand. That would be like ridiculous proposition because all you need really is one hand. Right, because it doesn't matter. It has to be one hand. If if it happens like every half hour, people are going to be like, "What the fuck?" You know, like how many coolers does this game have? You know, it's just like what the like. It just in the end, the only thing suspicious. Yeah, in the end, the only thing that matters is where the money is in the end of the day, right? And you can like you know keep the customer happy. It's just like, oh, okay, let's play fourteen hours, sixteen hours. Here's a drink, whatever, whatever. And then towards the end, I mean, first of all, nobody's paying attention anymore because everybody's fucking tired, right? Right. And then small things can happen, and it's it doesn't have to be like a huge thing, right? Because again, small edges add up, and you know if you have a small edge in every just based on the every service now and alone, then, yeah. then it's just bound to happen right so but yeah as you said in the smaller stacks games these things are very unlikely um just because it doesn't you know who cares like why would you do that anyway mm-hmm. the i mean like i i promise you that if you're playing a one three or one two game somewhere in some city uh and you lost some sick hand. Oh my god, what a fucking cooler. You were not cheated. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking deal with it, you know. It's like it's just uh to just to, to that level of skill to pull off that kind of shit. And like if somebody ever catches you, like you can never like deal in another game again. Like everybody knows that you're a cheat, mm. you know. I've heard of like some people who actually were doing it but like got caught just because you know and that's the other thing like to do it and never get caught is what you need to do to pull it off right yeah so like if you're gonna take that chance you got you have to do it at the highest level so that like the, for the biggest payout otherwise you're gonna be 
you know, you're going to be, uh, you're risking too much to like, yeah. you know, I don't know, but you're talking about some high level shit, right? I, I know uh, a lot of yeah, like I mean, little moves happening now and then, right? Because once well, again, like mm-hmm. if, if the dealer has a partner, right? And if yeah. the dealer manages to once every two hours or something signal a position of one of the hands, that's already a tiny yeah. edge, you know? Sure. But it's not going to happen for fucking $500. Right. Well, it's just, yeah. Like, I mean, like I've heard of actually players trying to cheat, like they'll bring in cards Cause like a lot of the clubs use the same type of fucking cards. They all use mm. Copags or chems, right? So you just buy a fucking ace, <laughs> not an ace, but you buy your own fucking Copags and chems. It's like, okay, this yeah. guy's using a blue deck. And like, we actually caught somebody who like slipped a fucking ace. He like, he like fell out of his fucking pocket. It was like, we're just like, dude, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of here. And, uh, and the other thing that you want to do is just like, I mean, like a lot of times, like one thing that I see it happen a lot is like the dealer will just not a lot, but like what does happen just because in right unregulated rooms is that like the dealer would just get back in with his deck without resuiting it. And then like all of a sudden here comes the turn. Oh, look, another nine of spades, everyone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that kind of shit. Or, you know, in which in a case where he's like missing cards, which you're never going to know. So, you know, like whatever. So long as nobody knows, I guess it's they're all. (laughs) I don't know. All things being equal, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think they're like pretty clean. You know, I mean, like. (sighs) Double raking only happens like on huge pots, so it's not really like. And, uh, and like, honestly, I don't blame people for doing it. Cause it's like, Oh God, this hands lasted five fucking minutes. This guy's been in the tank for like 45 seconds on the fucking yeah. turn. You know, like I need to get an extra 10 bucks here, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? mm. So it's like, uh, in a way it's in a way it's sort of justified, I think, you know, and like, you know, you, if you're trying to like, beat city games you're just an asshole like just go there to have fun for fuck's sake you know it's like like how like really you're gonna like you know uh like rape like the world on fucking commodities options all day long and then you're gonna go to a fucking like with all your free time you're gonna go to a, like some game where so you can have a little bit of edge on your recreational time too. Like just get a fucking life, man. Just like let your hair down a half inch, loosen your fucking tie up and have some fun. You know, it's like, the, like I've met so many people who just like, who like, they're just like obsessed with money. Like they just want to like, like all their, all their free time, all their recreational time needs to be like spent, you know, uh, you know, winning money. It's just like, dude, you know, like, this is not set up for you to win. You know, it's set up for entertainment. So treat it as such. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, you know, me saying that will actually uh, make games a little bit better because the fucking nits will just stay home. So they're miserable yeah, right. fucks anyway. Yeah, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, they just were waiting for your advice. They're like, oh, shit, yeah. he's right. He's talking about me. All right. No more poker. Yeah, I mean, those because are the kinds of people. About, you know, constant uh, making money, making money kind of thing. But it's also about trying to find an edge, trying to compete all the time, trying to beat people out of 
you know, whatever. And it's just this yeah. competitive drive, which, you know, a lot of professions have, and especially, you know, I suppose in New York, that's just the kind of place for those types yeah. of people. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's too much, there's too many variables to know if like a game is beatable or not based on the rake, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like a lot of it's dependent on the action. A lot of yeah. it's dependent on your skill level plus the action or times the action, whatever the fucking, you know, like a formula is. Um, but so it's not like, it's not like I can say, and it's not like I can say that like, oh, if you play in city games, like they're unbeatable. Cause like, you don't know that. Like you just, you, uh, it depends on like how good the game is, mm. you know, and the rake. I mean, I just, I don't think it's possible to calculate on like a long term. I mean, like if you're there on a night when there's just a bunch of nits and there's no, no whales, then yeah, maybe it's unbeatable. But maybe on times where like the guy's fucking shipping his chips in like every fucking other hand, then like, cause I mean, like, you know, some of these city games attract some huge whales, you know, mm. cause they don't give a fuck. And sometimes you get like really good action in them. So I would say that like, you know, don't worry about the rake, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine. You know, just go there, try to have some fun, you know, like, uh, if, you know, if you get some action, then, you know, it's probably beatable. And like, if the game sucks, you shouldn't be playing it anyway. You know, it's like game selection is like kind of a thing, isn't it? Like in terms of, uh, making decisions as a professional card player i would yeah. think that that being said i mean so many so many people myself included some decisions looking back at them they make a good story they might make a good book but they are not good decisions <laughs> that's for sure mm. no i mean I, like every fucking decision i make seems to be fucking terrible so you know <laughs> But you know, I'm an artist. It's all it's all yeah. good, you know. It's like I, I have to get into adventurous situations for me to right. you know to to be a literary giant, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about writing again. We started all right. we started yeah. with that and then we sort of segued into the games and, and poker and uh guns being pointed at your face. Yeah. Um so actually before we go more into writing, what's up with John Curry? How did you get the pseudonym? Okay, so I didn't know that John Curry was like this, like a homo possibly homosexual figure skater. Um, I had no idea when I chose the name. So okay. if you look up John Curry, that's who you're going to find. Uh, uh, I wish I had I like Jamie or something, but I am sitting in the... <laughs> I'm gonna be just out right. of curiosity. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna say the guy's necessarily a homosexual, but you know, he's a figure skater, so odds are whatever. Um so, anyways, uh but that's who you're gonna find if you look up John Curry. If you look up We Run Bad, I'm all over the place. Um yeah. so John Curry is so I read this book um a while back called by Herbert asbury who wrote like gangs of new york and he wrote like a bunch of like american history type like crowd pleaser type books um he's also like pretty i didn't realize how old he was actually um i think i think he's dead but like these books are actually really old um but one of them was called sucker's progress and sucker's progress is the history of gambling in america and it just i mean it kind of stops in like the 1950s it just tells you like how old this fucking book is mm -hmm. And uh, so you're not really going to find a whole lot about like 
like modern poker or like anything really but it's very interesting to like go through and like listen to like how like america's like relationship with gambling is like fucking crazy actually mm-hmm. it's like like columbia university actually was started on a lottery i mean it wasn't columbia university back then but it was mm-hmm. like they started a lottery to create a university which is now columbia and that's what's there today um and then that's just like one anecdote. So like John Curry was this guy that he talks about in the book just randomly. And if you look him up on Google, you won't really find him, find the anecdote anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the book. And he basically, he was this guy um, who used to run this uh, like sort of, I don't know. I don't know if it would be considered underground or illicit, but he ran like a, a casino in like the 1600s basically when like that part of america was france right okay and um he was in new orleans like the louisiana territory and he ran i always had this love for new orleans for some reason i just i'm just like really into it uh, like i've written about it in really bad novels and um but anyways he uh he was this guy who used to run just he used to run like a really high class casino for uh like uh, french aristocrats in the territory back then and like just some of the stuff that like in that book was just like very interesting to me so i was like that's me man that's i'm john curry (laughs) (laughs) right so that's where john curry comes from i see all right so all right so tell me about publishing the book right because you've mentioned mm-hmm. that it's been declined and you know oh yeah that, that so like how, if you go on to if you go on to amazon it says the okie doke book publishing corporation guess mm-hmm. what doesn't exist okay. um you know i just made that shit up it's the whole that's what the okie doke i don't know if like if you know what the okie doke is and like american yeah. Yeah, yeah. called you know it's like being hoodwinked you know it's like fake yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like a fake publishing company that doesn't exist that I made up that I made like a little, it's like some, uh, the logo is like a, uh, some kind of art deco looking thing, like in front of a, on top of a black hole, (laughs) something like that. Anyways, it's just supposed to be ridiculous. So you're supposed to know that it's not actually published. That was kind of the point. Um, and then like, I just, you know, I just, I, I self-published it. I used to run a literary magazine with my friend. He edited it for me. He's a really good editor actually. And, um, yeah, and he, he actually knew how to do all that, uh, like that EPUB and Kindle pub, like dot Moby publishing stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like secondhand for him. Cause we have an electronic magazine, right. like all, everything we published was on Kindle. So in EPUB. So he just, he was able to like, he just did all that for me. And I just paid him to do it. So, uh, and then I released it on Amazon. And just as you'd expect, if you wrote an ebook and published on Amazon, you didn't make any money. Yep. Big surprise there. So, <clears throat> you know, I spent a bunch of money on the cover and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's a, you know, it was a resa- resounding failure, as all books are these days, especially in this fucking country. Um, cause people, Americans don't read fiction or if they do, it's just like victim oppression, porn, LGBTQ, feminists, women's lives, like, you know, like women's matters and whatnot. It's just like, no, there's like no fucking, 
uh, <clears throat> there's no like contemporary fiction being published at all. It's all just like identity politics driven garbage. Mm. And that's as far as you'll get from me on political matters. Um, <laughs> but it really is affecting like fiction. Like there just really isn't, it could be the fact that just nobody reads fiction anymore. But my suspicion is that like, they're just not publishing good fiction anymore. And that's why it's no longer read. Like, I don't really buy, I mean, I would read a fucking book. If like the new Fight Club came out, I would definitely read it. I mean, not the actual yeah. new Fight Club, because that yeah, sucks. Something like that. But, the, but like, Wait, yeah, what? the new Chuck. It yeah. actually sucks. What, Fight I mean, Club what? 3? Fight Club 3, I'm pretty sure, blows. I mean, I don't like any of Chuck Palahniuk's work, except for like three of his books. Like all of his new stuff, I just find to be just right. unreadable. Um, but well, like, I you know, like. But if his stuff i only read actually the original fight club and that's it and um oh, he's, he's on like it. he's on to like the third one really no i oh, said I fight club the original one was great i'm just saying yeah. he's on like the he's on like the third edition oh, i didn't even know i didn't even yeah. know that there's but to me i don't even want it doesn't appeal like to me that story was rounded out nicely i don't want to see a follow-up yeah nobody does that's that's yeah. the thing let's see what <laughs> But anyways, but now he's that Chuck I know that it exists, his... I might actually check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I I don't blame the guy for just trying to get as much content out there as possible and kind of like humping his name because like he, his agent stole like fifty million dollars from him or some ridiculous amount of money. Oh wow. Yeah. So he's like, he was like broke for a while because his agent stole all of his money, and then like they gave him the option to like give it back or go to jail. He's like, no, I'll take the years. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh anyways um not not to like cast versions on chuck paul because i obviously did love him when i was younger i just don't really think he has like many good books and that's fine you know mm. like that's more good books than the average fucker has you know um but anyways if like the new if the new american psycho or the new like chuck you know like a uh, fight club came out i don't even think it would be published these days just because, like, the your average New York City agent is just like so woke that it's just like it's they're they're just not interested in art. They're just interested in political shit. Yeah. You know? Well, they're interested in selling books, and uh, the reality True. is, it, you know, for for a new author, a new name to come up with the book and uh, it to get traction, pretty damn yeah. hard. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, like, but they won't even like. It's just. It's not just me, you know, like I can live without being published, right? What I, what I can't live, I mean, I can live with it, but like what I don't want to live with is like uh, a world where there's no new art, like mm -hmm. real art, you know what I mean? Stuff that surprises you. Like where is the next, uh, you know, Easton Ellis, where is the next Polnick? Like they're not being published if they are out there, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my point is that it, like, I don't expect people to like, you know, like, I don't really actually think I'm like that great of a writer. Um, but, you know, like those books that I'm talking about, like there are no new books like that. Like there's no really good contemporary fiction being published right now. Like mm. literally nothing in America anyway. Yeah. But that being said, you know, with the self-publishing, at least yeah. we can get things out, right? Obviously, true. How many numbers? Like what? what but you're also like screaming. 
you're also just kind of screaming into the abyss, though. Just because yeah. you have it out there doesn't mean like anyone's gonna like read it. You know, well, same same with any it. content. I mean, look at like even if you do, let's say a podcast or something, like to to think that you can just put all your life into it. Mm-hmm. Still, nobody's gonna hear it because you know, like, right? You know, unless it picks yeah, up I mean, somehow, and that's just the reality of any content, right? Once you have traction, once you have a name, once people already know, okay, you know, I read his other book that that seemed all right. I'm gonna go for this one, a new one, and then the new one, and then the next one. You know, then it's like a snowball. But the first few books, that's so hard. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I I don't write for like you know success. I really don't. I just do it because like I've always liked to do it. Yeah. Like you know, being able to make a living doing it. I don't even know if I would be able to do that. Like just like with that kind of like thing on my mind. Like oh, I gotta put out a new fucking book this year. Otherwise, I'm not right. gonna be able to pay the rent. You know, like right. I don't really want that pressure. But like, it doesn't really deter me from writing. It's just. I would like to have like some kind of voice, you know, just like in a, in a, like some kind of like legitimate context, just like, Hey, just, just give it a shot, you know, just see if people like I sold the number, I sold a few thousand books on my own, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, if you actually put it in a bookstore, like maybe and like, since people seem to actually like it, or at least it's polarizing, like people either like it or they hate it, but they don't hate it for reasons that are like very good. They're just offended because they're like a little bitch, you know what I mean? Um, So, (laughs) so like, you know, just, just like fucking people are like offended by like fucking uh, Quentin Tarantino these days. Like he's a racist. It's like, no, he is not. It's like, you're insane. That's the problem, you know, Mm. but there's, there's a lot of that shit going on over here these days. It's, probably because of social media and Trump, like a mixture of those two things, but. Yeah. But the thing with those self-published books, you know, it's sure. Too many. So, well, too many, but like in general, too much content out there. Right. And most books shouldn't be books. Like most books really (laughs) shouldn't even be right. Period. But you know, let's say a lot of books, and it applies to fiction and nonfiction. Should just be like a blog post or maybe like even a tweet. You know, just the sure. book has one good idea in it, and then you wrap it up in thousands, tens of thousands of words because that's how books are supposed to look like, right? You're supposed to yep. publish a book that weighs this much because it fits on a shelf nicely. So what what the Amazon self-publishing allows people to do is great, in fact, because I mean, you you're not limited by some sort of constraints which no longer make sense in modern world, right? They used to make mm-hmm. sense in the paper publishing business, right? But but they were probably there for a good reason, you know. Like, but these days, you know, it's completely different. It's like I actually, you know, I do need self-publishing because, like, the the NYC, you know, woke agents won't even look at my shit because it like says some bad words in it, you know, even though they have like no. Uh, no regard for context you know it's just like just because like i wrote it in the first person doesn't mean i'm the person who thinks like this you know what i mean yeah (laughs) it's just like you know but they just automatically like demonize you if there's anything in there they don't like or they think is quote unquote problematic you know but it's you know at the same time like there's 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 another big problem like in american culture with just like people having too much voice right like giving voice 
to the voiceless is not necessarily a good thing because Twitter is just a hellscape of just negativity. Like it's, it's just, it's terrible. Mm. And like people who didn't earn a voice, right. And like, they do not connect with most people because they're crazy, right. Should not necessarily feel they should have negative feedback about that, you know, so they could like look at themselves and maybe like, understand why other people think that way about them based on like what they spout off on Twitter. Right. Mm. And it's like a, you know, it's just like I say in the new book, like my little opening quote is like what Cicero said, you know, which is times are bad, you know, children no longer obey their parents and everyone is writing a book, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was so creepy. Like, because I, you know, like people like historians and, just various charlatans have like, you know, like, uh, equated, um, the U S with like the Roman empire, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, we seeing a lot of like the same kind of shit, you know, just like people's, you know, ego is just like out of fucking control these days. It's just because mm -hmm. of like social media and stuff like, but anyways, it's got nothing to do with poker or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and actually like reading your book, I, uh, I was thinking about like, okay, I wonder what kind of conversation did you have with a potential publisher? Because I could totally see like from the first few pages that there is no way anybody want to publish this because oh, yeah. it's going to be, oh my God, it's too problematic. And and to be honest, you know, it would be such a bummer if uh, it was published by somebody who considers themselves like reputable with a huge pull and they would put you everywhere and like the book would sell hundreds of thousands of copies or whatever because it well, would be such a watered down <laughs> version because like i don't know they if would that's tell you, true well, because uh, no go ahead and finish yeah because yeah, i think like you know there's some so many stories that they would ask you to change like oh can you can you make it like a bit less of this and a bit less more of that and yeah or do you um, think it's well, not the case do you think we can still like people can still publish uh sort of controversial things that you know polarizing things basically because as you said some people are going to absolutely love it and some people are going to be like well pretty much offended by it well here's the thing about art right and i'm going to get i'm going to get i'm going to put on my beret for this conversation <laughs> you know my my tinfoil beret um now it's the thing about art is that good art, interesting art, always offends like at least half the fucking population, right? That's just the way it is. Like, so if you're going to be a person who promotes art like as a business, you have to know that's true. Like, you have to know that. It's like, it's like level one thinking about like your business strategy, right? Because like, and I would think that a lot of people would like remember their past like for instance like i'll give you an example like did you ever read american psycho i haven't read the book no okay so the book is so much more fucked up than the movie i mean it is like okay. graphic violence on like women right like we're talking like i won't even say the shit that's in that book because it's so fucking violent and awful it's not all over the book but it's like in like five or six different places when he's like killing a chick killing a girl you know, and it's like some of the most disgusting graphic shit you'll ever read in a book, right? Like mm -hmm. in a like in a mainstream published book that became a movie, right? 
which was directed by like a very staunch feminist, by the way, which is just, you know, just goes to show you where we were 20 years ago versus now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and Brady Snell's is also a gay man, <laughs> as is Chuck Palahniuk. Um, but again, like, I don't think their content would be published these days. But anyways, um, my point was American Psycho, right, <clears throat> was originally so he had some success some prior success uh with his first book which was less than zero right and he was very young and he you know he had like it was him and like two other people and they're called the brat pack uh janowitz and um mcinerney who wrote uh now what the fuck is that book called oh yeah bright lights big city Mm -hmm. or as i like to call it bright lights big shitty novel um (laughs) I didn't like that one. Uh, anyways, um, so American Psycho was actually rejected. Like it was accepted and then it was rejected. And I don't remember who the publisher was. We don't have a Jamie on board, but yeah. it was either Knopf. It was either Knopf or it was uh, Simon Schuster. One of those big five publishers rejected it after they were just like, after they had already just like basically pre-signed on because he had like some really – he had a lot of hype for this first book mm-hmm. and it got rejected, right? Just because they were like, this is just too much. We can't do this. It's so fucking graphic and controversial and we're going to get eaten alive by the critics. Right. Mm-hmm. Turns out like the people who did pick it up, I think it was like vintage or it was something. It was like, I think it was, like, it was one of the other big five and they were just like, you know what? We're going to do this shit. Mm-hmm. and it did like it was still a controversial book like if you buy it in some countries it comes in like a little sandwich bag because it's like <laughs> almost like porn you know and uh <laughs> it's like sealed so um but that book is a was a fucking money machine you know i mean like it went to the movies made i don't know how many millions of dollars it made but american psycho is like a very famous like author uh movie just like fight club oh, yeah. it, not as big but it's you know millions you know so that's kind of my point is that like when you read something that shocks and offends you um you know like american psycho was a it was satire though you know it's just to show like how awful these people were in new york city in the 1980s they're just a bunch of fucking reaganite assholes you know capitalist uh you know freaks um who were just obsessed with money and uh, consumption you know and mm-hmm. that was kind of the point of the book and he made it ugly to show everyone that right that was the point of the fucking book like putting all that graphic violence in there was to show and there's also something really weird that happens this isn't really a spoiler but like you find yourself i mean if you haven't read american psycho yet it was published in the fucking like 80s so if you haven't read it yet i don't give a shit about spoiling it for you uh, <laughs> Yeah. But it's like, well, um, I haven't read it. I'm looking forward to reading it, but go ahead, spoiler. Well, I won't, I won't like, yeah, it's like, like what I, you might not have the same reaction, but like he, the way he describes his friends is so odious. Like they're just such shit people, like these rich, like New York City yuppie type people mm-hmm. from like the 80s, like the, you know, the mergers and acquisition days. Um, they're such shitty people, but then when he goes, you hate them so much, right? You're just like, oh my God, these people are so disgusting. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. And then he puts one of them as like one of his victims and there's like this scene of graphic violence. You're just like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, right. 
like I don't I don't hate them that much, you know, like <laughs> but like kind of so, so you kind of feel bad for them, yeah. and then it like repeats the cycle, and it's just like a really great book. It's just like the way it's the strategy of it, just in terms of like just you know sucking you in is so good. But like you know, some people out there back then were just like, oh no, like they didn't see they couldn't see past that, you know, mm-hmm. and like even though like the strategy of the novel is to make a point, you know, that like this was a time of American culture that needs to be exposed for what it is. And it wasn't pretty and it doesn't paint us in a good picture, but it was like, you know, kind of true in a way, you know? Mm. And I think like, that's what good art does. That's, that's the whole fucking point. That's why we have artists and like, we, you know, (laughs) like that's the, the nature and the motivation of every true artist is to like, you know, paint that. And I, I try to do that like a little bit with the book too. I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot of strategy with it. It was just kind of like a, I just started writing and it was just like a big mishmash of shit. And I just had to like put it all together in a story. <clears throat> but um, I wonder what's the process? Like how long, if we talk about uh, the first book that I, I've read, mm-hmm. um, how, how long is the process? Like how, how does it look like? Um, so it's like Louis C.K. said, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I get paid millions of dollars to work eight hours a week sometimes. <laughs> right. So like, I don't spend a whole lot of time writing, you know, I like, I do it frequently, but I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people who like sits down and like bangs out like 10,000 words, like in a sitting. I'm really not, I have like a really shitty attention span. I'm like, you know, one of the kids that kind of like, I was in that class, you know, that wasn't in your same class, you know what I mean? When we were in school, mm. like I had like a lot of like, like learning problems and shit. That's kind of like why I became a, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't have a, like a, a, a long attention span. I'm not really like super focused, you know? So it's, but you know, I, I see some things like a lot, a lot of just like my, I don't know. My acumen as a writer is just like paying attention to people and just like being kind of like affected by what like stories that people tell me, you know, and like, and like shit you hear, shit you see. That really came through to me. Like I specifically remember there was one beautiful moment in the book. Well, beautiful moment. Now that I'm going to tell what's the moment, people are going to say like, what (laughs) beautiful moment? What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) You're talking about the dog? (laughs) No, it's, well, yeah, it's about a dog uh, of the homeless guy. Right. Yeah, was the homeless it? woman. Yeah. yeah, the homeless guy. The thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was beautiful, right? The way you described like the depth of, you know, just the communication uh, with the guy and just like how it's just beautiful. I don't want to give spoilers to people because I hope they're gonna pick up your book now. Whether they're gonna read it or not, that probably depends on how um, how much they can take. But I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, people I mean, who are gonna go like, past the first chapter are gonna just run with it, uh, like. Real I think quick. card it's players like- are sick fucks enough to like really enjoy it, because like <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I like I haven't had any like card players say they were like offended by it. It's just all the fucking mm. feminists and the fucking you know the people who are just like social justice warriors who are just like you're a fucking inhuman pig, you know, like. Those are the people who have a problem with it. Just like the people who like don't have a sense of humor, who just are triggered by every little fucking thing. Don't like see the context of like the message that I'm trying to like, that I'm trying to like portray that like, you know, these are ugly things, but like it's, but to, to like say that they, but just to mention them as something that exists 
is not inherently problematic. You know, it's like, it's important that people do that. You don't just like forget like the bad things that happen and don't talk about them. You have to like expose them mm. and put them in a context that's palatable for people. And also like, you know, to use some humor sometimes so that they can kind of like, you know, humor doesn't always necessarily mean like just because something like makes other people laugh doesn't mean that it's like, um, that there's an ethos to it. Right. It means like they're laughing because it's, it's sad and it's ridiculous that someone would actually do that. You know what I mean? It's like humor is not necessarily like something like when you listen to like Louis CK, like his jokes are like really, really dark. Right. But like, they're funny in some way, but even though they're like the most fucked up thing you've ever heard in like live comedy, you know, it's like, so I, you know, I try to do like a little bit of that just like to, to balance things out. Like, like one of my, like, so my favorite writer is like Charles Bukowski, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I really, I'm like people who were like, accuse me of being like a broke dick Bukowski. I'm just like, well, that's what I was going for. So thank you very much. <laughs> you know? So like, um, and then like, I also like Cormac McCarthy, you know, I like that like real deep, dark, gritty shit that he does. But the thing that I don't like about McCarthy is that he's just so fucking serious, like all the time. Like there isn't like a, bit a scrap of humor in any of his books and i'm not trying to like write a comedy or anything because it's like you know that would be like genre fiction which i don't really do it's just like i just like to balance like really dark things with really things that are kind of like funny but not in a light-hearted kind of way at all you know mm. just like they're just ridiculous and they're dark but they're somehow funny i, I don't know I, I can't really explain it it's just like it just comes out like a, it's, a lot of it's just the strategy of framing it you know which is not easy, you know? That's the thing about like simple writing is that like simple writing that clicks along that like you can finish in a day, that's hard shit to do. Oh, yeah. You know, I had to change, I had to change my whole strategy from when I was like younger because I used to write like some erudite charlatan freak with like a fucking, you know, goatee and a beret on. Um, but, you know, I changed it all up when I realized that nobody wants to fucking read that because it's not relatable, you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit about your vocabulary. They want you to, they want to hear like a real talk, you know? Yeah. And that book, like I really, really liked so many aspects about it. And um, once again, I don't want to go into specific stories from the book because like I, I want mean, people to I discover really them it's like, for themselves. I don't think it's because, really plot-based though. I mean, I don't really care if you talk no, about it. No, not the plot-based, but, but you know, because I wanted though. to talk about like how I found, like what I thought and how I sort of, what kind of thoughts arose from some of the the stories that you mentioned? But I don't mm. want to give that because it's like you know when you watch a movie and you read a book, like yeah. you have a specific already expectation about a scene that's coming up, and then it's different. Yeah. And so I don't want to influence people in that way. I'd be, you know, I'm definitely gonna write about it in my email thing that i'm doing like a newsletter or whatever i can call it uh, and i'm gonna write my thoughts because i usually write my key takeaways from each episode anyway right Right. and uh, i'm gonna probably expand on also like the book and what i thought about it and uh you know because i i reckon like people who are reading the newsletter they already probably listened to the episode beforehand so there's going to be no spoilers (laughs) yeah well i think like it's it'll it'll connect mostly with like I knew a lot, like some of the players actually that like when I bounce this off players, cause like most poker players are like kind of obsessed with poker, whether you're a winner or loser, right? It's kind of like a lifestyle thing. 
and uh, you identify with it a lot and it's like a part of your life. And um, I think like, it's funny because like whenever I contact like winning players, they're just like, this guy's a fucking loser. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, so is everybody who you fucking make money off of, bro. It's like, this is like nine, this is the reason you play poker though, you know? So mm. I think it's kind of like important to like, maybe like get inside the head of a fish in a way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not it's only like about a, that because it's like it's a loser in life, right? Because yeah, it's not only yeah, a loser. Well, like, a, you know, I mean, it's, it's a come on. Let's be honest. Yeah. These things are probably correlated in, in in a lot of respects. You know, like somebody oh, who's a yeah, loser, a, you know, a fish in poker is a fish in life, yeah. like me. You know, like uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I've made a lot of really bad decisions, and uh, you know, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, I'm not a good, I'm not a good card player and I probably fucking never will be. I just can't, uh, you know, it's not that I don't understand it. It's just that like the theory versus execution part, you know, it's just like, I get bored. And like, again, if you don't know, if you're easily bored and don't have a very good attention span, it's like, it's probably not the game for you, you know, Mm. but maybe neither is life. (laughs) 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 But, you know, like a lot of people who are successful, like, you know, like one thing they have is focus, you know, Mm. but whatever. I guess depends on, you know, the walks of life, et cetera. Every, every endeavor, every profession requires a different skill set, different approach. For sure. So, you know, I really, really hope people will, will read the book, right? Especially... You know, pub- published by Okie Dokie. I mean, come on, gotta gotta kind of go for it, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, people who so people who like in like poker players, like it's funny. I don't have I don't have a trouble selling it to card players. So like, if you look at my Twitter handle, it says like you know whatever some bullshit stuff up there, and then it says uh, like I'll 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 throw up some excerpts after I'm done spamming everyone. So like yeah. you know I've been like I've been like. I just tweet at people like, Hey, check out this book about underground poker Mm. in New York city. And they're just like, Oh, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, really? You just, you'll, you'll, you'll actually read this from some (laughs) guy who just like, who just spam tweeted you. Well, that's That's what happened right here. Right. Cause that's exactly what you did. (laughs) I was like, Oh, underground games, a book. Yes. Where do I sign up? I didn't personalize the, uh, the, Tech, you know the tweet for you i was yeah, like yeah. hey really no, like no. the podcast maybe check out this book that you're just, yeah. i was just like hey no idea who you were like yeah. i probably didn't even look i'm just like i'm just you know like uh you know searching poker i mean it's a good place to like actually find like readers though you know instagram <laughs> fucking yeah. fucking forget about it yeah but um but that, be, you that's know. the thing you know and it, it totally was like this just some um vanilla kind of thing that you clearly <laughs> uh, you know send to everyone yeah. but it worked because hey that's a topic i want to read about which also right. like you know probably like you know everybody's talking about uh queen's gambit nowadays right and how how wonderful mm. those the series was we need like a sort of thing like this for poker mm. why we i mean the poker players i don't know if the general public actually want to watch that crap right but yeah so many stories no, I mean, can be told in a beautiful way in poker because sure. you know there's even just a lot of the stories which are true, live accounts of you know some of the people who've been around for for long enough, some of those stories are f- 
fucking crazy. Yeah, one of a kind is a fucking yeah. beast of a book, you know? It's like, uh, I actually know that guy. Or I don't know Nolan, I know the other guy. Mm-hmm. Peter. Um, hi, Peter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, might, he might actually, like, listen to this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's the thing about, like, it's funny, like when you look at, so there are so many fucking terrible poker movies out there. Like, but the weird thing is, is that like almost everybody wants to watch movies about like gambling, right? They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds sick, right? <laughs> and then they watch it and they're like, oh, this fucking sucks. You know, it's just like, so there's a lot of like execution problems in, in the genre. It's like, it's like mob stories, you know, like people love like, gritty like crime underworld stories you know and um there's a lot of shitty mob movies out there and made all the time you know yeah yeah. um and uh what are some of your favorite mob movies though Mm, mob movies like just crime movies i'm not a big like you know mafia like uh fan um but like crime movies let me think I like, I mean, I like, I love Scorsese, like Scorsese, mm-hmm. like, so all of his shit is like good for me. Um, uh, I really like this movie that I keep, I keep coming back to that I think is really fucking good. And it's done by this guy that I never forget his, I never remember his name because it's like very normal name. It's like Jesse something, maybe. I don't remember his fucking name. I'm sorry. But uh, it's this movie called Killing Them Softly. It's got like an all-star cast and it didn't oh, really get a whole lot of play. Yeah. Right, With right. Brad right. Pitt, James Gandolfini, fucking Ray Liotta. Yeah. You know, it's such a good fucking movie. And like it's so gritty and like the camera work is just so good. It's just mm-hmm. like like every scene is like a fucking masterpiece. It's just so good. Like there's not a boring part in the movie. And it's not like an action movie, but it's just very it's just so raw and it's in, it's engaging. You know, mm-hmm. I really like that movie. Um, you know, I like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I like those kind of like, um, you know, I watched Heat again. That was a, that's a fucking oh, good movie, Heat man. That's such a wonderful movie. Dude, but that's like a movie that like probably shouldn't have like made it like this long. Like, you know how like there's like certain movies that you watch like back in, like, how old are you? I'm like 36 Ish. now. Okay, yeah, we're like kind of the same age. Um, but there's like there's movies that like you, you watch back in the 90s when you were like 14 you're like that was the sickest fucking movie ever right and you mm-hmm. watch it again you're like this is the worst <laughs> you're just like i i'm never watching face off again sorry it's just oh, I've, I've watched God. it i've watched it twice <laughs> no but like um yeah. i don't know I, I like all kinds of shit i like um yeah. i watched barry linden again that was fucking great um Oh, you know what was like a really good movie that made like zero dollars that I thought was like a fucking like I didn't feel bad about my book not selling at all. <laughs> or okay. after after I found out like how much money they spent on this fucking movie and how much money it made was mm. the wannabe. The wannabe with Patricia. Yeah. And it's based on a true story. It's so fucked up. It's kind of like it's based on a mob. Um so like what happened was there was this this um couple from one one guy was from the bronx and one i think they were they might have both been from queens but anyways they're like this junkie couple um that started like ripping off these mob games like in the 90s 
Like they were just crazy and they went around in their own fucking neighborhood and started ripping off protected gains. <laughs> Obviously. Right. And they had like a run for a while, you know? And like, so they wrote a script about it because it's a really fucking interesting story because it actually mm. happened. And uh, obviously they were, they were murdered later. Um, and, but like the movie was so fucking good. I really liked it a lot. Um, yeah. The wannabe, like maybe uh, I feel like people who, you know, if you like my book, you probably like the wannabe, but like, it was so crazy. And like, what an epic failure it was. I guess I shouldn't equate those two things. I'm talking about failures. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, nobody liked this movie. And if you yeah. like this movie, you'll it's really exactly like, my, like book. my book. Yeah. You got to check it out, man. But I looked up the box office numbers and I thought they were off by like, um, you know, you know, how like when you, when you look up like a graph, it'll be like mm-hmm. 450, but it'll actually be like 450 million. Right? right. If you look at the, uh, the asterisk, like at the footnote, but it was like, it was like $720. I was like, <laughs> Holy shit. Like at the box office, oh, man. <laughs> but it's, I check it out, man. It's fucking really great. Uh, they actually made two versions of it. Cause they liked like, like the people who liked the script, like really liked mm. it. So they tried it twice. And the one that did okay was actually like kind of shitty. I thought, um, mm. but the, did you watch boardwalk empire? No, no, I didn't watch that. Okay. So. Well, there's this, there's this guy, um, Who's, who's in he plays like the the guy and then patricia arquette plays the chick but it's like i thought it was really fucking good mm-hmm. but nobody it just didn't do well at the box office it sold a lot in blu-rays in it, which is really bizarre <laughs> yeah. and then um and there was this movie that like um didn't make any fucking sense at all that was about like new york city crime shit it was called the drop also oh, with james yeah, gandalfini yeah but that was that was pretty well done by i uh, thought it was fucking great yeah like like, the main character the guy like just like tom hardy yeah yeah what a performance like so good yeah i mean yeah but like the whole story was just the dumbest fucking thing you could ever come up with it was just like (laughs) all the dirty money in the whole city gets dropped off at this bar every night and someone's gonna try to hit it's like no that that, no it doesn't yeah And then there were like and then these obviously the, the Russians or the Chechens or somebody. No, they were involved. Chechens, and I was yeah. like, dude, I know what a Chechen <laughs> looks like. That is not what fucking Chechen people look like. That's like a the guy was like Greek or something. I was like, what the fuck is this? Anyways, was, they, they just wanted to come up with like the most the scariest people they could think of, like Chechens, right? Yeah, yeah, and they uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like that one, even though it didn't make any fucking sense. But it was about the style, you know. That's that mm-hmm. for me. That's really what it. That's really what matters because movies are about they're about mood, you know, and like writing is more about consciousness. I think it's uh and uh, what else is there? What else do I like? I'm trying to think like ones that are like these are some like random ones that i like forgot about that i want to see again but like did you ever see jacob's ladder jacob's with ladder, tim robbins no. No. yeah it's about this it's about this guy who like goes insane from like acid from like after he was in the war but they were testing all these fucking people mm-hmm. like soldiers with lsd and it's like a tribute to them it's like a it's a fucking really dark movie but also about new york and like um the 70s i guess it was 70s or 80s right yeah, that's a good one. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna look. Yeah, I mean, up. I don't really read much anymore. Like, I, you know, I, 
I'll go back and like read some more Bukowski every once in a while. Um, but like, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing being published that I want to like, rem- like I'll go to the bookstore every once in a while and I'll just be like, Oh my fucking God, look at all this garbage. Like I can just tell by the titles, you know, like the girl who could move shit with her mind, you know, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that is not a title that you've seen in, in the bookstore. I tell you that. Much. Oh, you want to bet? You want to fucking bet? That's an actual, that, I mean, they, they blurred, you know, they put like uh whatever, you know, like, I swear no to God, that's a fucking way. title, bro. I swear to God. Let, let me find it. Let me fucking. Okay. Let's, let's ask. I'm going to, I'm going to be your Jamie to look yeah. it up. So Dude, I swear that. to God. Let me look it up right now. Let me see how many fucking hits it got to. The girl who could move. Yep. Here it is. Synopsis. I don't even want to fucking know. Yeah, yeah. The girl who could move shit with her mind. Uh, s- oh, seriously, it's true. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, I didn't expect that to be true. Hundred, hundred and ninety-six. Uh, you know, eighty star reviews because it was such a good book. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, it's just it's just a bunch of garbage, man. It's like. And, you know, a lot of it just has to do with, like, people are just so politically um, driven these days in this country because, you know, Trump obviously polarized a lot of people and, like, a lot of liberals are in the arts. So, like, they're just taking a stand, you know, against, like, anything they find. They don't want to give – they're not, like, really jumping up and down to, like, give any more white males a voice. You know what I mean? And that's the other kind of, like – you know, I don't want to say problem, but it's like, you know, it is what it is. Like they want, they want more, you know, they're making like, (laughs) they're essentially putting quotas on, um, you know, art, which is fucked up in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like we need more like black women voices. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe make sure they're actually writing good shit too. And then, you know, publish those things. But they're not. They're just publishing like whatever. It's it's mm. like I've 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 flipped through some of these books. They're like unreadable. Like even some of the bestsellers, they're just like it's it's ridiculous. And I'm not saying like my book's like a huge crowd pleaser, you know. But like people won't even look at it. That's that's the problem. Like they won't even like like I'll tell them what it's about. I'll be like, yeah, this is a book that's like based on underground gambling in New York City which I have some experience with, like that should just immediately be like, really, (laughs) you know, like, like there's somebody who like, you know, did this and wrote about it. Like, Mm. and it's actually like readable, like, there's probably not too many people like who could do that, you know, like um, who have this kind of experience and who can actually write, you know? So like, but you would think that that would just be like immediately, like that would, you know, just trigger like interest, but you know, they won't even fucking, but you know, for for poker players, obviously, like you put two and two together, like immediately, you know, you know what's up. You know, when you say, "Oh, it's an about an underground game in New York," you're like, "Okay, interesting." Mm-hmm. Like you say, especially who doesn't know about poker or games or underground, what the hell do they know? I mean, it's just like it's, right. it's just words. Like, yeah, sure, underground poker game must be. But here's the weird thing, right? The weird thing is that all of these people are based in New York. Mm-hmm. So they should like 
be kind of interested about like something that's going on in their city. Right. Like if I told you, like, these are like, you know, this is a story from the underground and like, I was there, you know, mm. like maybe, maybe check it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's hard, hard to put myself in the mind of, of a person who has no idea about poker. Um, yeah. Cause then it's like, you know, because with with many things, like you can say, like, oh, it's about uh, whatever. Obama's but when life I frame it in New York, like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. read about that. Well, you know, I mean, I would these days. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah, I mean, wouldn't I, pick yeah. it up off the shelf, <laughs> you know. But if somebody who I I trust uh, recommends it to me, I would be like, oh yeah, okay, sure, that's that's an interesting yeah. topic. If somebody pulled it off and they're actually, you know, that's it, a good read. Yeah, I'll. I'll it's all it's all about how it's written, you know. I mean, you could yeah. come up with a, a really cool story. That sounds good when someone explains it to you, but it could just be like, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever read in my life. It just doesn't connect on that level. Yeah. You know, you have to know how to tell a story. You know? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's 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 all about how it's written once you're reading it. But it, for you to pick up a book, it's all about how it's sold, unfortunately. Because like yeah, to, get to, to land on somebody's Kindle, you know, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen by magic. Speaking of crap books and Kindle, I remember a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, I picked up like the first time I signed up for Kindle Unlimited a few, few years ago now. Um, I just went to like whatever Kindle store on the device and there was the bestseller list um, mm-hmm. for Kindle Unlimited. Sold basically books for free. And it was like, the first book was something like how I read and published a book in one day or one week or something like that. I guess in one week, I hope. I was like, how they okay. wrote one? Yeah, he wrote and published it. Oh, okay, yeah, week, yeah, yeah. Right? So I, I took it and I was like, okay, like, let's see. It's a number one book on the list, like thousands right. and hundreds of thousands of people reading it. Right. Man, it was like the guy was writing... Okay, so it's eight in the morning right now. For today, I plan to write, uh, write um, eight to ten thousand words. I better write ten thousand words because if I write only eight, then it's going to be a bit difficult. So let me see where can I start. Oh, you know what? While I'm writing this, that's already five paragraphs. So things are looking good. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, what what is this book? Like he's writing about how he's writing with the goal of writing 10,000 words today. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And that's like, but, you know, as it starts getting pushed up and up in the rankings, I mean, more and more suckers like myself pick it up and like, okay, let's see. And then you're like, Jesus, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of it's like also just like you you don't underestimate how many people want to get published, right? Yeah, but I mean, please. Um, it's just the guys telling about his day of typing. I'm, no, I mean, it's all about, my point is like the content, the selling content is all about the title. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, just all right. Like, that's, that's people are just like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. I want to be, uh, you know, I, yeah. need, I need to get this manuscript out there somehow. Because right, like every right, third right. every third bastard in America has a fucking manuscript right now, you know? Right, right. Um, Times are bad. <laughs> Children no longer obey their parents and everybody's writing a book, right? True, yep. Just just before the fall of the empire, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, is what it is. What are you gonna do? Mm. Oh, you want to know where the action is right now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where the where the where the fucking gambling action is? Come on. All right. Me. So okay. So like, 
I don't know if you know like what's going on in the states right now with like all this uh, like trading shit. Right? You've heard like you know this company GameStop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. Do you know what like do you know what Blockbuster was back yeah. in the day? Yeah, yeah. They're like a video video rental store, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a game rental store. So like you go to a store that's like a you know like a physical store, and you rent physical media and you take it home and then return it. Right. Wow. This is like clearly an old model. Right. And like <laughs> yeah. all, all the old shit, right. Is going on to, um, you know, uh, sorry, not, not the old shit, but like all of the, the gaming, like the gaming industry is moving online. Like you can just do this shit online just like you can mm-hmm. with Netflix, I guess. Like, so, so anyways, um, long story short, there was some news like the, you know, the, like, people on wall street have been just like just shooting fish in a barrel with shorting the shit out of the stock. Right. Cause it's just like right. clearly going to zero. Oh, that's the and stock then, where the short squeeze happened. Right. Yes. Okay. I didn't yes. put two and two together. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell your, I'm going to tell your listeners where they can yeah, get some action do. right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like gambling. Right. Cause I've been doing this shit and making like a fuckload of money. <laughs> over the last few days and it's just the dumbest thing you're ever going to fucking hear, but it, it worked. And I don't know if it's going to work long-term, but I've had like, mm. you know, it's, this is a new thing. It's only happened over the course of like three or four days. Right. So over the last couple of weeks, they started like a bunch of people in a bunch of forums just started like pumping this essentially. They were just like, it's totally public information. So it's not really, mm. I don't think it really constitutes insider trading or anything like that which, you know, is a crime here. So, but anyways, there was a stock that was basically going to zero. They were shorting the shit out of it. And like some news came around that the guy from Chewy, which is a uh, online pet store, like very successful, um, is going, was going to take over GameStop and like try to like redo their model Mm -hmm. so that they could like maybe survive as a company. I don't know. I don't know anything about any of these, like the company or like what its prospects are, anything like that. All I know is that all over the news, there was the short squeeze, right? The short squeeze, the short squeeze. And like, so I get this, this article from Bloomberg and I'm like reading about how they're operating. Right. And like, there was this, they're like, okay. So like there was an, and they showed another one that was like another no name penny stock. That's not worth anything. Like the company's garbage. Like they haven't posted anything to the sec in like two years. Right. So they start, these guys, like three guys are, I don't even know if they're connected. They might, they're probably not, but like a bunch of, you know, it's kind of like Twitter. There's this, um, I'll tell you about the app in a minute. There's a, there's an app like, like Twitter, right. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that's for like the finance people, but it's clearly full of a bunch of fucking lemmings. Right. And it's, it's hilarious. You got to get on and just check out the content. It's so funny. Um, but anyways, so like, Bloomberg is telling, you know, writing the story about like these three guys, they started like, Hey, everybody get on board with this one. We're going to do this one next. And the stock goes up like 450% or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. crazy. And it's like not a real company. It's like a penny stock that hasn't even filed anything for the last few years, but it's just a, it's just a giant collective pump and dump scheme. And then what they're doing is they're now targeting c- companies that are that are subject to short sales. Like they're just kind of like on a short list. Like everybody knows they're being shorted by, by wall street. And the reason they're targeting these companies is the market cap is so low 
right? And so like I saw kind of like the antithesis to this today because everybody was trying on the app was trying to pump BlackBerry, right? And BlackBerry is kind of like a fucking, you know, if you think about it as a phone, it's like antiquated technology, right? Mm. But they actually have like a lot of infrastructure for like cybersecurity and they work with Amazon and all kinds of shit. So they're actually like, they have a $10 billion market cap, right? So, and I'm not a stock guy. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't even really know what the fuck market cap means, right? It's just like the value of a company as far as I know. <laughs> okay. I have no training in this at all, like ever mm. done it. So, um, so anyway, so if you try to like short squeeze BlackBerry, right? It's got a $10 billion market cap. So it's actually going to take a lot of fucking volume to make that stock go up, even if like a ton, like, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are betting on it, right? Mm -hmm. So that one only went up 20% today, right? But some of these other ones, like um, Express, like that shitty clothing company, that's like a B-grade designer clothing company, uh, Fossil Watches, you know, the shitty watch company that's just Mm -hmm. like really kind of like they sell like cheap watches. Um, And like uh, Nokia is another one, right? So, so here's, here's how it works, right? This is how I made like, you know, I made like collectively, I made like a hundred. So AMC was last night. That's the, uh, that's the movie um, that like, they don't have any, they don't have any theaters open, mm-hmm. right? This is Ameri- like, that's the, uh, the theater company. This is their next, that was their next target. They're like, they're like, AMC is going to be the new GameStop. And like, there's just shitloads of people tweeting about it. They're not really mm-hmm. tweets. I just call them tweets. I don't know what the fuck they would call them, but it's basically Twitter for like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like they kind of copy it. Um, but anyway, everybody's like tweeting their asses off about AMC. Um, my friend and I buy it last night, like early in the daytime, because we see it's trending on this stupid fucking app. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were just like, all right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> You know, like I'm, I'm no, I'm no stranger to risky, bad decisions. So I'm just like, yeah, let me, let me throw a couple dimes at this bitch. You know, let's see what happens, right? Like failing movie, com- failing movie company, just like, just like that, but it, just like GameStop, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, everybody's talking about it, like they're targeting it, right? So it moves sixty percent after hours. Like I can't even trade the fucking thing. So like I wake up this morning and I haven't woken up before noon in like 20 years. Right. So like I wake up this morning and I've made like 120%. I was like, holy shit. Right. So are are you allowed to trade American stocks where you are? Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. All right. Just, just, just try it. Like, I don't, I'm not saying like, you know, throw your fucking bankroll at it, but just like, or just do it for like, just, you know, for fun, like with the play money or whatever. Right. Mm. So you get on this, this is how it works. This is so ridiculous, man. It's like, but I, I made like, I doubled my role today. Like, and I didn't even risk it all. Like I, uh, and it wasn't a very big role to begin with. Uh, Cause I was, I was like a little bit worried about losing, you know, so I didn't mm. uh, throw a lot of money at it, but like in terms of percentage, I had like, uh, blackberry which was the lowest one made 20 percent. that was the lowest one i did and then like none of i didn't lose i only lost like four or five percent on like two of these other companies i have no fucking idea what they were mm-hmm. um but i was just i just got in too late right so so I, I got this all from this bloomberg article that was showing me like how these like people are just like pumping all these stocks right mm-hmm. so it's called 
stock twits. <laughs> okay. Stock twits. That's imaginative. Yeah, stock twits, okay? And you go to stock twits, right? And then you go to under streams in the bottom tab, the bottom center tab, you go to trending, right? Mm-hmm. And then what I did was I came up with this sick algorithm, right? I just, <laughs> I just looked at all of the so what they do is they say like all these people like have their opinions about all these stocks and whenever i see like you know amc was mentioned like a hundred times in the last hour a thousand times in the last hour i'd make like Mm -hmm. tick marks right because then you just you just know that all these people are going to be buying the shit the next day right so i wake up in the morning and then like i go to what's trending and i click on like i don't know like this one is gme right whatever and I just look to see how fast the tweets are. So when you click on it, it gives you the graph, mm-hmm. right? And then you look to see how fast the tweets are coming in, right? And it's all just a bunch of fucking, like, total, like, I don't want to call them morons, but it's just a bunch of guys who have no fucking idea how to, like, they don't have any, like, you know, they're buying garbage companies that are, like, don't even exist, basically. And... They're just like, it, like if you see them coming in at like one second, like less than a second, like everybody's tweeting this stock, everybody's tweeting the stock, you know, mm-hmm. like I just jumped on those. Like I would just see it trending. I would see that like when you clicked on it, like the, the, the messages were just kept like reloading like every single second from like mm-hmm. people just tweeting about it. And then I would jump in and then like 60% later, I would just get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, this is not like a way you should be like, you know, this is not like, uh, I can guarantee like if you ask some kind of like Wall Street guy, you know, just like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. I'm just like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but like, it's it's crazy. Like there's, um, if you want to know where the, the fish cakes are, like, I, I don't know if there's a way to exploit this other way other than just jumping on board with them at the right time, you know? because usually it's, it goes the other way around you know somebody makes like so you know like the masses do something and then like wall street exploits that right in the opposite direction like when there's an ipo or something like that you know what i mean but yeah, i was just I guess like with a small wow. mar- market cap the pump is much easier and uh, and by the way if we are keeping this uh in uh <laughs> for those people who need me saying this this is not an investment advice just nor nor, should, right? so, nor it, should you do this. Yes. Like whenever someone don't tells you where the action home. is. Don't do it with your own money. <laughs> right? yeah. But if you do, then uh, it's your own business. But it's not it's, like, don't send us the, the lawyers our way. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, when a guy who's made like really bad decisions in his life tells you where the action is, that's not investment <laughs> advice. Okay. I'm just telling you where the action is. Okay. Like, I'm sure some people were actually like already on stock tweets and like, okay, so what is he saying? Okay. So yeah, refresh the one minute. Okay. 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 Well, <laughs> you know, so hold your horses. I mean, Still do Anyways, it if you like, want um, it, but it's not our our problem, right? But just it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, like think twice about it. At least you know, take a deep breath and like think about the yeah, decisions. Yeah, well, you, you could also it. just not put this in if you, if you want to. <laughs> I, don't okay. I don't know. It's like it's gonna weed weed out the week, you know, because yeah, we might be putting it out like uh, three weeks from now or something like that. So yeah, mm. maybe by that oh, time, yeah. it's like, just like time, the worst like advice. 
<laughs> yes. Just like oh, with like oh, the weed stocks back in the day, yeah. like everybody was left he- holding bags of shit pretty much and just getting yeah. nickel and dimed all the way down. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what's going to happen to GameStop eventually, I would mm. think. I mean, it's not, it's a fucking failing company. Like it's, yeah. and, and they, they made the, they made it go from like six bucks to like $250 or yeah. whatever it is. But like, I didn't even buy that one because I thought it was too late, you know, but all mm. these like, all these like hilarious motherfuckers like all over this this app are just like we're like it's like they're um it's almost like the mob taking over like some kind of thing it's it's hilarious so like we're gonna go for amc next everyone let's go (laughs) i can just imagine you know that like a setting like in a wolf of wall street where they're all sitting in this like cramped room like everybody's next yeah i mean like you know having a proper party every evening like yeah we're gonna go for this and now it's yeah, just moved like, on twitter <laughs> so in a way it's pathetic right. because a bunch of guys just <laughs> you know going crazy sitting in yeah. their underwear at home like ah oh, we're pumping this yeah okay well <laughs> no i mean it's uh it's really weird it's like something that's only happened over the last couple of days and it's like it's all yeah. over the news actually right now like here yeah. the people are just like like is there is there such thing as too much democracy when it comes to markets? <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep trying because it's like uh, it's I mean it's so easy. I did like an hour and a half of research and just like yeah. jumped on, made like you know, like 170, 50, 60 percent on like a bunch of different shit. I had no idea what I was buying. I didn't mm. have time to look it up. I was just like. Oh my God, look how many people are tweeting this fast about this. You just got to make sure that it says like, you know, it's just like, everybody get the fuck out. You know, (laughs) you got to like, look at the content a little bit, you know what I mean? But it's just like, (laughs) um, you don't want to go in the opposite direction if everybody's like saying, let's, let's get the fuck out now. It's, it's over, but it's so funny. It's almost like, it's almost like collective, like uh like open forum insider trading though it's so funny yeah it's just like like it's like literally like a mob well, it's basically like collusion something. right because it's a collusion of- it's totally collusion yeah. but i don't think it's i don't think it's technically illegal because you're just saying like what you bought right and if you yeah. know that everyone else is going to buy it if, if you say it it's just like i mean yeah i i don't i just if it was uh, on the corporate level it's i i think it's against the law like if a bunch oh, of companies sure. just yeah. meet up for breakfast and like, oh, we're going to be pumping this. No, you won't. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be pumping something else somewhere else. Yeah, right? it's uh, great. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a crazy world. Um, fucking internet, man. I mean, it changed, changed everything. Game changer. Game yeah. changer. <laughs> I mean, look at yeah. us, right? You're in New York. I'm in Malta. We're having this conversation. Right. Uh, you know, it's... That alone is insane, but what it does to society and uh, all all the things is just uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, no, it's it's so funny though. You should you should just check it out. Just like go like tomorrow if you're like I don't know what time it would be, but like nine a.m. Uh, our time, right? Just like yeah. just like go to the trending thing like, and just it's real nice for me because it's like uh, three p.m. or something like that. I think it's oh nice six hour yeah difference so. Dude, just try, just, just, just watch it. Just watch like, like, just pick like five stocks that like these, these freaks are just like jumping all over and right. just watch it go up 60%. It's so funny. 
Mm. Like I, I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I missed like five of them today just because I was like too busy watching the other ones. <laughs> like the ones that I bought like a baby <laughs> with a whooping cough, you know, I'm just like Dang. making sure I didn't like lose, you know, it's, like one of them like went up to like 80%. It was this company called naked, like naked brands or some shit. No idea what it is. I just bought it because it was just, it was, it was just, you know, like it was on fire. Like people were just like, and I got in like after it popped like 20, 20% thinking it might be too late. Nope. 20% doesn't mean shit to these people. They're just like, let's go. They're, they're taking penny stocks and like the, some of the shit, the content on this, like it's going to a hundred dollars. It's so funny. It's just like, oh my God. Anyways. It's a, uh, it's, it's at least entertaining. Like you can get like, like just like listening to like some of these people give investment advice. It's just like, I hate, I hate selling. I'm long. I'm long on everything. I'm so bullish right now. And it's just like, and they're just, yeah. they're, they're just constantly taunting like all the people who are short. Mm. They're like, fuck you bear. You piece of shit. Your dick is short. You know, just like, <laughs> some of the shit they say. It's fucking hilarious. It's just, it's really entertaining just to like see all these people like gambling their faces off on penny stocks and like winning. And like, I don't know how long, much longer it's going to happen. But. but it's funny, you know, if you look back throughout like as long as, as far as we can basically look back, it's the same yeah. shit happening over and over again. Different schemes, different yep. people, different different places, and but the same crap all the time. Like the at some point somebody gets it's always a bubble. Yeah, some somebody gets like a genius idea, the next big thing, and then everybody gets super excited and like let's go for this. The greed drives <laughs> progress yeah. in a way. Yeah, know? it is weird. It's true. But also, like just just. Because, like, I imagined that situation of, you know, all these people being so pumped on Twitter lookalike kind of thing, right? Instead mm -hmm. of actually sitting on the floor room somewhere. Because it used to be, used to have some romance to it. Like, it looked like, oh, yeah, everybody's fucking crazy. Everybody's on coke in that, you know, right. room on the floor. And uh, They've at least got their ties on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least in the like morning, in the anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like in the Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. And yeah. they go meet at a bar somewhere and they just get fucked up till 4 a.m. and do it all over again. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, yeah, there's something to be said for showing up, you know? Yeah. But uh, there's also something to be said about showing up too late. Right? That's, yeah, that's not definitely. good either. Definitely. But, yeah. My friend's like an actual trader. And he's like, he told me to like, like last night, right before anybody started saying this shit. And he's like, so he, he, he actually has like a day job, but it's only in the, the summertime. So he day trades during the winter. And I have no idea what the shit he's talking about with puts and spreads. I'm like, what the, whatever, man. But anyways, he's like, I was telling him about this and I was like, I just sent him this article and he's just like, he's like, yeah, just, he's like, he's looking through his short list and like, I didn't know there was some short list. Right. And he's like, like that everybody's targeting on wall street. Cause mm. like he's on, he's all over the channels and like, you know, like he follows like the most successful traders on the planet and whatnot. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you might as well throw AMC in there. He's <laughs> and he's like, this is before any of this shit happened. Right. He's like, he's like, this is a, a failing movie, movie, com you know, movie theater that is not open. And it's just like being shorted, like, you know, 
to zero pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's like, you might as well put that on your list. And like, sure enough, I was like, and I started seeing it like at like 4 PM. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm going to try this out. Cause I just started seeing a trend on my, on, on the mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, and I wake up and it's up 120%. I was just like, holy shit. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like this doesn't make any sense. Like everybody knows this company's going out of business. Oh, there was another one that was so funny. It was like another one that was on their mark on their, um, so I was looking up this, um, this company that they were all talking about. It's called L shit. I don't know. It was like this Chinese Might coffee as well company. Be L shit. <laughs> yeah, we're all it's seriously. Of, it's just. It so probably like, is an L shit. <laughs> so I see this trending, right? I see it trending yeah. like on the on on the app, and I go to look up because I just use my phone for like to see what the recent graphs are. Because I know like I can kind of tell like like some signals that are just like bad. It's like okay, it's kind of too late for this one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like even if like it's like they've been they've been pumping this thing for like three weeks now. It's going to crash any moment. So I look at. So I look it up and like under, like when you have, like, when you look up like on Apple, you know, like the stock, it'll like have all the latest news stories and it's like such and such coffee company will pay a hundred, pay out $180 million for its accounting fraud. Wow. (laughs) It's just like, go, go, go. Like, it's, it's so funny. Like, they're just like, they're, they're purposefully buying, um, you know, like shit stocks to just, I don't, I don't know if like part of it's to actually just make a mockery of the whole system. You know, it's just like, Oh, you want to short if the big boys want to short this stuff. We're all going to get together and we're going to mob a stock, you know, mm. and just, just, just to show you that none of this really matters. You know, it's like, I mean, that's, I'm probably thinking way, way too much into it, but anyways, it's uh try it out though. Just, just, just watch it. It's like, it's unbelievable. And it's not going to last forever because like what my friend said, he's like, well, this is just like what happened with the weed stocks back like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. He's like, what happens in these situations? He's like, it's great. Actually, the the most recent one was with altcoins because he's he's like a big Bitcoin trader Mm -hmm. and he just understands that market very well. And like he's um, he's like, one, I made like all that money off of like altcoins back like a few years ago, it's like, you know, that was just basically like when Bitcoin was going, like when Bitcoin first popped, like everybody was trying to get to do the new Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. So they started making all these altcoins and none of them were ever going to be the next Bitcoin, right? But people would buy them anyway, just because like some people could mine them really quickly and they wanted to get like, as, they wanted to accumulate as many as they can just in case like what, what happened with Bitcoin, remember when they were worth like a penny or some shit. And then yeah. like people who had like, you know, so many thousands of them were now like fucking multimillionaires. Right. So they're trying to do that. So like everybody started mining all these like altcoins and some of them would just like be worth several dollars, like in for a few days. And he was doing all this cause he was just like all over the chat forums and like, I don't know what the fuck he did, but like he made a lot of money like on altcoins. Right. Mm-hmm. Same situation though. Once all the altcoins crashed, and this is this theory about what's going to happen with this market. So this is another thing for your listeners, for your <laughs> your listeners to realize something that he said that resonated with me. Even though I am like gambling on this like fucking madman right now, um, that when GameStop crashes, right all of the people who are doing this are going to lose confidence in any future bets. So right now they're all winning, 
right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as the like they get halved in one day, you know, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that term, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure well, everybody is. Well, most people yeah, anyway. Right. So like when they get halved, it's like that's when the whole that's when the party's basically over, and it's right around the corner, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, because like all the people, because there's still people buying fucking GameStop right now. Let me see what it's at. Right now. It's like, like the last when when I when I read the article. It was like GameStop GM GME man. Let's go. Oh my god, it's three hundred and fucking forty-seven dollars. Two weeks ago, it was six bucks. Like what the fuck? So they're still they're still at it. Yeah. And at this point, it's national news, right? So you get a lot of people coming in late right now. You know, like there's that there's that wave of people that are coming. So, so yeah. like this won't be a thing, you know, I really don't think it will be a thing like three weeks from now, just because, you know, as soon as like all the, like the big national, like the big ones that made the news start shitting the bed, like that's, yeah, you know, you know, parties it ties, over. Up, ties up real nice with the, with your story about buying a house and the peak <laughs> of the boom, right. Just before the recession. Yeah, you you like how, um, Previous yeah. previous behavior dictates future behavior, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that that is one <laughs> thing, but also just you know the same shit happening over and over again, like you yeah. know the little schemes that you know the early adapters or, or whatever you want to call them, right? You know, they they get it right, and then you know, and, and yeah, I mean, of people get it right as well, and then there's like a big bummer for a huge amount of people. Because there's going to be so many crazies who are just going to be like, oh my God, yeah, this is the 100% scheme. Of course, yeah. Let's put everything on it, right? Oh, please, just don't. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's the thing about pyramid schemes, right? It is a scam. But for the people who are at the top, they make money, right? It's just like, it actually does work. Like, if you can get in on a pyramid scheme in the early phases, you're fucking golden, like in the ground, you know, what's well, actually the top floor, but, um, you know, like that's uh and some of them are not really like scams. They're just like, it's just a business model, I guess. I don't think there's an, anything inherently illegal about a pyramid scheme. I'm not sure about that though. Not that it would matter. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I'm thinking about it so hard because I'm like, no, I think it's all fine. Right? Yeah, well, you're you're think, a guy who uh, yeah, it's, you know should, makes decisions, correct decisions, and wins. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's your role in life. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, man, you know what? It was so, so much fun. You know, I was really looking forward to this conversation. Like the whole thing, how it started. You know, I already mentioned to to people like how you reached out. Or reached out sounds grand. You just spammed, 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 spammed your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was like, okay, fantastic. I love the topic. Spamming, I'm gonna read the book. Spamming and works, it. everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You're you're the proof of that. And uh, I loved the book. I'm uh, I'm you know a couple chapters in in the first one. Uh, so far, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to to basically. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing it. Mm. <laughs> and I and I really hope that people are gonna uh well go and get it really. I mean it's so easy. Um just go on Amazon, get it on your Kindle, any mobile device. Yeah, if you, um, 
If you just Google we run bad, it'll, it'll come up. There's like tons of reviews and uh, I got like a Kirkus review and whatnot, which is. And you know, at some point, like imagine it would be stupid to say now that, oh, if you're easily offended, uh, don't buy the book because people who are easily offended, they probably didn't get inspired the conversation, right? So (laughs) we're safe on that front, I guess. So whoever is left. Go get the book. You're going to love it. I'm pretty sure that actually, if you listen to the whole conversation, you're going to love the book. So <laughs> go ahead and get it. Um, anyway, thanks for uh, making the time. And uh, it's really, really cool to have this conversation with you. Uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out the description. And of course, I'd highly appreciate if you subscribe, click like, spread the word about the podcast. Also, if you'd like to receive a regular newsletter with my key takeaways about each episode, go ahead and subscribe to it on runchexpodcast.com. That's R-U-N-C-H-U-K-S podcast.com. I write those myself. I take it seriously and I really enjoy the interaction with the readers. So I hope you'll sign up uh, and I'll be back for you next time. Thank you.